an extremely, extremely special episode. We have round one of the NRL season, but it's round also one. it's also poetic, Smithy. You know, mm. I love you know I love love at one. Yes, and I love poems. Yes, and also a poetic uh, touch to the start of a season. Okay, and Smithy, it's about a year since you announced. <laughs> well, well, Kempy, I, I didn't realise this until I walked into the studio um, this morning. And our great producer, Tommy, he just said, mate, 12 months ago today, well done. Beautiful. And I said, well done? What's what's happened? And he said, no, 12 months ago today, you announced your retirement. So had no idea. Um, but, yeah, quite a significant moment mm. um, in my football uh, career, obviously, it, when it all finished up. Um, I was down in Melbourne, flew down to Melbourne for the unveiling of, of uh, the statues that uh, both Bill mm. Slater and myself were very fortunate to have uh, placed out the front of Amy Park um, and made the announcement there, which was great. I, I was really pleased I had the opportunity to do it next to one of my great mates and, mm. and a guy that helped me uh, play out the career that I that I had. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, mate, it's flowing by. Mate, one months. year, one year. What's what's a an insight? You know, was it because. Externally, mm. it was big, you know, yes. like, you know, yes. what's Smithy doing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were getting offended. They were like, I can't believe Smithy's doing something that I didn't agree with. <laughs> there like, was. What's going on here? There was. But what's, was it, first of all, was it as big to you in sense of did it feel like a grand thing or was it very, you know, each day just wake up, see how we're feeling? That's what it was like, Kempi, and, and I guess it's really hard to explain why I felt that way. Um, and I, I think a lot of people felt it was bigger news for them um, or, or, you know, sort of a, a, a bigger decision than what it was for me. Yeah. Um, and I think given – there was a few things. Given we just won the premiership, you know, I was feeling really good, mm. um, as you do as, as a, um, a sports person when you, when you have a successful year with the team you're playing with or with your individual sports and whatever it is. When you have a bit of su- success, you, you feel good. Yeah. Um, and you always want to continue because you want to have that feeling again. Um, on top of that – there was no real indication for me to finish. Mm, I spoke to so multiple true. people that I played with and against throughout my career. Asked them, um, you know, throughout that 2020 season about the decisions around their retirement and why they made them and, and mm. everything that they, that all of the answers that come back to me was I didn't have those feelings. Mm. Um, you know, so that's why I was juggling with it. And I, and I took my time because I knew it was a big decision for myself. It was a big decision for my family. Yep. Um, and and also, I guess the Melbourne Storm in in some ways, mm. although they were well and truly covered with, um, yes, as we've seen with Brandon Smith and, and Harry Grant, and, and I was aware of that. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure it was the right decision, mm. and I remember speaking briefly with Craig Bellamy um, throughout twenty twenty, but but in previous years too, and he, and talking about retirement and, and things like that, and he just he always said that you know you got to make sure that it's the right time because once you retire, that's it. Yeah. Like there's, as, particularly as an older player, there's, sure. there's, there's, you're not coming back. You have a year mm. off, you can't get back. Absolutely. In so um, for me, I, I just really, I tried to use that time um, just to relax, enjoy a bit of family time, been away from them for a large period of uh, weeks and, and months throughout that 2020 season with the bubble. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, just, it was great. I, I did, as you said, there was a lot of eyes on me though. Yeah. Like I... I <laughs> I'd walk out my front door and I'd go I'd go to Bunnings or I'd go to Office Works or something and all of a sudden I was 
meeting people. I was You're having signed. coffees with, signed. <laughs> with the Broncos and the Titans. And oh, what's he doing? And anyway, so I just locked myself in my house. <laughs> <laughs> with a tinfoil hat on? Yeah. So um, so no one could read my, what was going on in my brain. But um, yeah, it's uh, mate, it's been a great 12 months. Obviously experienced um, a few new things um, mm. with, with, with media. It was uh, had a great year working with you on radio and doing some commentary and all other things. And um, yeah, just... Living more of a, a normal life as a as a husband and a father, mm, for sure. Actually, something I haven't asked you before, because mm. it you know from the outside looking in, you'd think, oh, as if he's ever thought about it before. But was it every year? Because you're what thirty seven when you retired. That's right. Did you ever come close to retiring earlier at all? Oh uh, n- no, okay. no. Short answer, no. Um, but certainly there were there were thoughts, I guess, through periods of um, the year or um, even. Pre-seasons, yeah. Where you where you're thinking, how much longer can I do? this? I was 18 thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. I think I had those thoughts too when I was 18. When the first pre-season with Craig Bellamy, I was like I don't, I do not want to do this ever again. Um, yeah. Look, oh mate, there were certain times that popped up, and you just mm. thought to yourself, like, how long can I keep yep. this up for? How long can I can I stay in this competition? Can I go another year? Can I mm. go another two years? Um, so there's always sort of you know things popping up in the back of the head, but. You know, you just you just squash them mm. very quickly yeah, because okay. because of the enjoyment. Like mm. you, I really enjoyed being there. I enjoyed competing. Um, so yeah, there was no simple answer, no yeah. serious sort yeah. of um, okay. thoughts about retiring earlier. What about so you know, for you, you probably personally weren't thinking like this, but mm. from the outside looking in, yep, I would just I'm looking at it like okay, Cam Smith's in a really unique position or a stronger position when it comes to this than mm-hmm. most other players. Like you've got a legacy. And so when you're retiring, yep. are you thinking, you know, how much does legacy weigh into it in the, in the fact that if I go another year or if I go to another club and struggle, does that mm-hmm. affect everything that I've achieved? You know, all those, <coughs> did that come in your mind? Not really. Oh, not really. Yeah. Okay. No, not really. Kempi. Um, you know, the, the one thing that I did think about was that when I when I started my career at Melbourne, mm. I always had this this picture in my mind that I was that I'd be a one club player. Mm. Always had that in my mind. Okay. Um, and and you know that that never really changed mm. throughout my entire career from the start to the finish. Mm. And I guess that that sort of weighed on my mind a little bit about um, you know post twenty twenty. If I was to play on, would it be in Melbourne? Would that be the best thing for the club? Yeah. Um, I certainly would have. If I played on, I would have preferred to play there. Mm. Um, but you know, having played there for so long, being the captain and and that club meaning so much to me, did I want to play on for twelve months and then yeah. you know cost them a, a good young player like a Brandon Smith or or a Harry Grant? Mm. So all, a lot of the, a lot of things come into um, calculations, but ultimately, you know, it was the right time for me. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking with you know my family and 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 friends and whatnot and. Yeah, a lot of them said, you know, like at the end of the day, if you want to play on, you you look fit enough, and it looks like you still enjoy the game. You mm. can play, um, and and that that was all I needed. I was yeah, I was okay. comfortable thinking, well, you know, I could play on, but I'd rather finish now, where I know I'm happy, mm. I'm content with what I've been able to achieve in the game, um, with all the teams I've played with, and I can walk away a happy man. Mate, uh, yeah, well, what a, I I personally I thought it was perfect. You went out. Exactly where you belong, which yeah. is on top, mate. Um, but uh, a bit of, a bit of, well, not a bit of, extremely sad news last week. Now we've, yeah. we've spoken about this personally uh, mm. on our own, you know, mm. podcast early in the week and mm-hmm. all that. But I just wanted to get your your feelings on a guy like Shane Warne passing mm. last week. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's been a well, 
for quite some time now since we, we heard about the, the news of, of Shane Warne passing away. But um, it's just sad, mm. really. I remember waking up, and I don't know how you felt, Kempi, but, uh, and I think we'll probably speak for most Australians here, but when I woke up that morning and, and seeing the headlines, I was just just sad. It was mm. just sad news because he was such a a huge personality, a huge character, just a great Australian. Um not only for sport, but our entire country. And, and he just represented our people really well uh, across the international stage. He was known, like looking at the tributes that have flown in from, from all around the world, like he was known worldwide. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he, he was a character and he, he liked a good time and whatnot. But, you know, talking about his his sporting prowess and you probably wouldn't find a, a bigger competitor mm. anywhere because, you know, Listening to comments made by some of his former teammates and even players he played against, you know he was he was out every ball yeah. he bowled, um, every action that he um, contributed on the cricket field, he it was out there to make a difference and out there to win. Mm. Um, he thought every ball he bowled was he was trying to take a wicket. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I was very fortunate enough, Kempy, actually, to to meet him a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, how good. Seen him a couple of times at a Storm game. I think um, I think the Storm may have even. Uh, posted up like a little tribute to him and, and it was a photo of myself and, and Bill Slater standing mm. in the dressing sheds at Amy Mate. Park with him after one of our matches. Oh, I saw that actually. Yeah, great Yeah, great so, you know, and, and to be like, to be honest, he was just like, I, I was standing there in awe of this bloke because he was a guy, when when I was a kid, mm. I, I still remember this, this certain um, holiday that my family and I went on up to the Sunshine Coast and um, we were playing cricket on the beach and my sister was... She was holding one of those handheld cameras yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, yep. camcorder. The camcorder. <laughs> um, and and I remember watching the video once we got it back and, like, I, I commentate myself coming into bowl saying, you know, here comes Shane Warren no to way. bowl. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to throw, like, a leg yeah. spinner down down the wicket. And, you know, that's that just shows the impact that he had on so many people. Like, he was just a superstar. Everyone wanted to be like him. Yep, absolutely. I had a, a, very, a very different, I guess – uh, approach to this due to the fact that I grew up playing soccer and that is all I was focused on. Yes. Just watch soccer. You know, I wanted to go to England to play soccer. There was no, I didn't even watch rugby league. I couldn't mm. tell you. Now I know because I've gone back, but I couldn't tell as we found out last <laughs> yeah. week, I didn't even know the numbers. Um, but I couldn't tell you who was good. I couldn't tell you who the yep. stars were out, other than, you know, looking back on it now. But even that distance from cricket and mm-hmm. footy, mm-hmm. I still knew who Warney was. And, yeah. I, and he still was someone that if we were mucking around playing cricket at school, yep. you'd pretend to be Warney. Yep. And so for me, it's actually it's, it's less about the cricket passing and yes. more about what he meant to Australia as mm. an Australian kid. Mm. And when I saw the news, it, it felt like uh, we'd lost a piece of Australia. Yeah. And also, it's, lost, a bit, it's a bit like Steve Irwin, hundred percent, mm. absolutely, absolutely. And it, mm. and it, by in proxy by losing a piece of Australia, almost like I lost a bit of me because I'm so ingrained in the Australian culture. I'm yeah. so proud of it. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, when when I woke up, first of all, I thought it was a you know it was a joke. Yes, it was, wasn't true. Mm. And then when it was confirmed, I just I can't believe people people because we're so you know cricket is a part of Australia. It's a summer sport. Yep. We don't actually appreciate. Well, well maybe we do, but. I personally didn't actually appreciate the fact that cricket's the second or third biggest sport in the world. Yeah. And so although it is great to be great at rugby league, this guy was great in a sport that has billions of people that watch. Global. It's a global sport. Mm. And to be the tippity top, but still 
how easy would have it been for the pressures, you know, oh. from world media to not be not be who he was as oh, Shane Warne? Crazy. And he never cracked. Yep. Never. It was just it was the kid from um, Melbourne mm. that never changed. Absolutely. And and I think that that's just as respectable as his career. Yeah. Because Absolutely, I feel like mate. there's a part of it would be almost, you know, him being good at bowling. That's the fun part. The hard part is dealing with the media <laughs> and changing you. It's yeah, a, that's it's right. A part you don't sign up for. Yeah, being well, well, becoming someone that you really aren't. Yeah, and trying to put on this, you know, persona that's not you. Yeah. But he never ever shied away from that at all. Yeah, which was a great, great thing. Imagine how many conversations his PR manager or, you know, the media manager of the team would have had with him. Mate, can you just like, <laughs> can you put the beer down? And, like, you know, in between. <laughs> Can, can you just can you can you put the dart down? Yeah, can you put the dart down? We're like it's, we're streaming to a billion people here, and he never cracked. Nah, and nah. I just think that that's almost as well, big. Well, I, I think uh, you know as Australian people, I think people worldwide appreciated that, didn't they? Because he was just a, he was just a bl- he was a kid that grew up in the suburbs of Melbourne. He loved the game of cricket, became good at it, mm. and just he was who he was. Absolutely, he didn't try to to change you know and be pretend to be this other person. Mm. You know, he, he loved a beer, he loves smoking a dart, and he just loved a good time. Absolutely. And you, you look at, you know, you look at other, other sports, and, and they're, they're world superstars. And I've used some of my own podcast mm. early in the week, but often with world superstars, they almost are superhuman. You know, they eat perfectly. Yes. They look physique wise, they look like they're genetically disproportionate. <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah. look like a different species. Yeah. You look at like a Cristiano Ronaldo and, and he's almost a gap between me and him as, as people. <laughs> Whereas I look at Warney and Warney could be my mate that I had a had a beer with early that yeah. week. And there's yeah. that connection there of like, oh I know you Warney. Like yeah. if we if I met you, I could I could relate to you on some level. Whereas I, re- I feel like other world superstars it's kind of like although you respect them, you know, they're amazing, mm. it's almost like that you can't relate because it's, they're just so different. Yep. So they're living a different life to you. Yep. Uh, and Warney was was absolutely, you know, he was he was absolutely the uh, the ideal Australian. He was the epitome of the Aussies, mate. Absolutely loved him. Um, so so, what do you think? You know, the, there's there's talks that they'll uh, have the the funeral at the mm. MC yep. MCG. Yep, state funeral. Um, and they also named the what? What do you think the about? Gra- it? I think it's S K Warn, S K yes. Shane Warn. They they name yeah. it Shane Keith Warn. Shane Keith Warn. Mm-hmm. I, I reckon just the Shane Warn stand would be good, or Shane Keith Warn. I think they're doing S K Warn stand. The Warney stand. The Warney stand. I like that. I uh, like that. Look, I think um, well throughout throughout um, his career, he was he was known by many like through commentary and all that as S K Warn. Okay. So they used to they used to talk about him okay. and, and commentate. As SK Warren, yep. um, you know, it's a, I guess it's a, quite a traditional thing to do mm. the first middle initial and then the surname. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I like it, to be fair. I, I like it. Okay. And um, I think it's quite fitting. I think his brother may have made a comment about, um, you know, renaming the, the Great Southern Stand in uh, the, at the MCG mm. after Shane, um, given they went, I think he had a memory of he and uh, Shane going to watch a test match. I think it might have been in the late eighties. Wow, um, or early eighties, maybe. Um, going to watch a, watch a test match, sitting in that stand. No way. Um, in the, in sick. maybe Bay Thirteen, where all the uh, fanatics like to go and um, build the, the the cup snakes. Do they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. Um, so um, yeah, so like it's very fitting that that's that's the area that he gets to 
um, have the stand named after him. Absolutely. We will head to the break, but after the break, we're going to talk about the biggest news in rugby league. Latrell gets in uh, the host. He gets in a bit of a brouhaha at training. We love that. We love that. And also, there has been word that should player salaries be public. We'll get to that after the break. Welcome back to the captain's run with Cameron Smith. Uh, I hope you are enjoying your day because rugby league is back and I'm excited, absolutely pumped. But we have some huge, huge news. First of all, there is word or whispers going around that players' salaries should be made public. If they are made public, that will give the salary cap auditors and the public, general public, a better sense of basically knowing what the players are on so Mm. no one is allegedly cheating the salary cap. What are your thoughts on this, Smithy? No. Ridiculous. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Does anyone else's salaries get printed in the paper? It's bizarre. I don't understand it either. Do we know how much... You know, old mate, the bricky down the road's getting paid. Like, mm. It's no one's business. Why is it anyone's business? Yeah, seriously. Like, if, well, if we're going to do that, let's let's everyone let's everyone print our own salary so everyone knows what we're all getting it's paid. It's bizarre, and also the under the the idea that ridiculous. If they're made public, that will stop salary cap cheating. It's like, oi, you do realise if you are salary cap cheating, it's not done in a public way. You know, it's all done dodgily if well, there is cheating. Yeah, it's done yeah in the back corridors. Yeah, it's, it's not so, just like into their account, like this is what, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't but, understand that idea. Yeah, and and yeah, to this idea of, you know, transparency and, you know, so we know, like, please, like, it's just it's just a ridiculous thing to, to think of. And I, like, is that American, is that, is that come from American sports because they're, they are published? Is that correct? Yeah, I think they think the like, NFL and NBA to a, to a degree, mm. uh, and that's I, I assume where they get the idea from. But are you telling me that NFL and NBA don't rot there? Oh, please, like, give me a break. Well, what, what happens in American sports is they they have these billionaire owners, mm. like they're all most of them are privately owned. Yep. And then there's what happens is there there, there are salary uh, caps. But then, if you go over your salary cap, there's just there's a tax that you pay the league. Yeah. So these blokes that are worth five hundred billion dollars—that's mm. that's an exaggeration, yeah. of course. But these multi, multi, multi millionaires that own these uh, sporting franchises—they're happy to pay it. Yeah. They just they pay the overs to get the best players to their mm. um, franchise. They mm. win championships, and then they're, they're happy to pay the they're happy to pay the tax to the league. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and just to reiterate. What I'm not so getting. They, so, so sorry, Cam, to catch you off. They do it openly. <laughs> no, no problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. They go over their cap openly. Mm. That's, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I, I know there's, I know we're, we're, we're much, it's a much smaller picture in our sport mm. in, in this country. Yeah. Um, you know, we're working with something around the uh, vicinity of, of 10 million mm. in the NRL salary cap. But, you know, pr- publishing players' salaries is, that that's going a little bit too far, I believe. Oh, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and again, I'm not understanding the logic. Okay, so the logic for the pro-public salary cap is if we make it public, then it will be more clearer. Therefore, people won't cheat the salary cap. Mm. But I don't understand what – like, so, for example, the NRL – sorry, clubs would have to say to the NRL, yes, this is the salary, this is everyone's salary. So mm. the NRL would already know. What well, they place, know. Yeah. They do know. Because they have to sign off on the contracts. So what I'm not understanding, are you telling me that clubs would be willing to lie to the NRL but not willing to lie to the public? Yes. It makes no sense to me. No. Literally no no sense. Mm. And so the the logic behind it, 
all you're doing is kicking the can down the road. They're yes. just lying to an extra person. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this whole public thing, I, I don't know the people that are for it. It almost feels like, you know, not all people, but some people that I've, I've spoke, seen to for it, mm. it's almost like a, a get back at the players. Like, mm. you know, they're coming from a, it seems like anyway, and this is just an assumption, a feeling I get, but it seems like it's almost comes from a bitterness towards the players. Like, oh, there you go. Now everyone knows what you're on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and what's that going to do really? So say, so say, say, let's, let's, for an example, let's just say X player is on a million dollars and they're not playing that well, right? Or people then, people will then openly criticize, you know, certain parts of the media will, will criticize them um, across the papers and on television and whatnot and say they are, they're not up to that standard of a million dollars. Well, who's to say he's not worth a million dollars? Your worth, your worth is decided by the club that signed you. Absolutely. So, you know, X player might be worth a million dollars to, let's just say, the Melbourne Storm, mm. but to the New Zealand Warriors, they might only be worth 400000 or six, you know, whatever mm. it is. Yeah. So, you know, if someone is, is on that much money, well, he's being paid that because that club is prepared to pay that player a million dollars. So, yeah. you know, publishing and then, you know, players being open to criticism, mm. it's just, it's really unfair on them. Absolutely. And, and even, you know, that's at the top tier. So that's at the, you yeah. know, the million dollars. Yes. But imagine a guy that is on the fringes of first grade, mm. kills it in Queensland Cup, mm-hmm. has a bunch of clubs after him, yep. signs for 400K. Yes. Doesn't play any first grade. Mm. He will get absolutely <laughs> smashed yeah. by the fans. Well, it'll be the, the fans. Media. It'll be absolutely. the fans of that club because they're saying, well, hang on a minute. We've got mm. a play here taking up 400,000 of our cap. Yep. Has not seen it a minute of first grade. Mm. We should have spent this money elsewhere. Absolutely, and and the thing and the thing that a lot of people don't realise is that, well, not a lot of people, but some people may not realise is that sometimes, well, a lot of the time, contracts are about timing. Mm-hmm. Do we desperately need a halfback? Okay, we desperately need one. Okay, we need to probably pay a little bit overs for a halfback because we're so desperate to find that guy. That's right. And then all of a sudden, you've got a halfback sitting in reserve grade that's on three or four hundred k, which is not his fault. It's mm. just the market decided that at the time. And then you've got other guys that, you know, I'll use myself as an example, uh, <laughs> had an all right first year, but wingers, we didn't need wingers at the Broncos. And you know yeah. what? We kind of never needed wingers at the Broncos. It was all about the systems in t- inside, and you know, we just finish. And so you could have looked at a guy like me and go, "He's on fifty k, and he's you know scoring blah blah blah." Mm. And and then that puts pressure on. A center that's yes. established that's not playing. It just it creates such a drama for everyone. Yep. I don't I don't see how anyone wins. No one wins with that other than people looking to to have a go at the players. But we have some calls. We have some calls that have come in. Uh, we've got Aiden from Penrith. Aiden from Penrith. He has asked a question. What is the biggest stitch up you've ever seen? Are you there, Aiden? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? How you going, Aidos? Yeah, not too bad. So, so your question yeah. was, what is the biggest stitch up we've ever seen? Yeah, just like on on or off the footy field, like got you in stitches, just absolutely rolled up and stuff, you know. Well, I've got a, a stitch up for you, and I was involved in it. Now, <laughs> Aiden, I know that you think I'm the bastion of masculinity and toughness. <laughs> I know that you think that, but there was a time. There was a time when I was playing the Raiders. Uh, my centre was Justin Hodges. It was at SunCorp Stadium. The game was in the balance. They kicked into our uh, in our in goal. Yep. I cleaned up the grubber, and let's just say Terry Campesi slipped a little bit high, not too high, 
Anyway, as I'm, you know, about to get up, Hodjo walks over and he says, mate, if you stay down, I'll buy you Jagerbomb at the Normby after. <laughs> so I stay down. Whilst I stay down, I've got Terry Campisi going, Campy, you're a cat. You're an absolute cat. We get the penalty. We end up winning the game. But guess what? Hodjo never paid for the Jagerbomb. That's unlike him. Mate. That's a, that's a <laughs> what about you, Smithy? Got anything there? Um, I was actually involved in one. I was, I was packing into a scrum against uh, Darren Senna. He was playing um, nine for uh, the West Tigers. Mm. And he dacked me. <laughs> he dacked you on the field. Yeah, we we're playing at, we we're playing at Leichhardt and he, he, he ripped me strides down. <laughs> Luckily, I had the Speedos on. But, um, yeah, I was only a young fellow. I might have been in second or third year. And, um, yeah, he's just he's ripped the strides out. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, oh, mate. I just you. froze. Yeah, yep. We had the footy and I just, like, someone had to get the dummy half on, <laughs> on tackle one. I just, I didn't know what to do. Ado, <laughs> uh, uh, Penrith Panthers, are they going to go back to back? Yes or no? Oh, Absolutely. Mate, absolutely. What do you what do you think, Ado? What are you thinking tonight with uh, Cleary out? Big test against Manly. Uh, it's going to be a, be a tough call. Like we've got Sean O'Sullivan coming in, yeah, stepping up. So hopefully he uh, he does a good job with Luai and leads the pack around. Yep. Outside outside of Cleary this year, who's your prediction for Player of the Year for Penrith Panthers? Oh, probably Fisher Harris might step Ooh, up as well. Oh, I like that. He's a beast. Yeah. Isaiah Yo? Isaiah Yo. Yes. Brian Tyler. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Brian. Good old Brian. Too many to choose. Absolutely. Too many, uh, But we will head to the news. Thanks, Aiden. Uh, up the Broncos. Hope they tell you up by four. <laughs> more callers. What do you got here? Yeah, we got a couple more callers. The, the phone is running hot today, Kempi. Uh, Jackson from Coomabar. Jacko, you there? Yeah, I'm there, mate. How you going? I'm going pretty good. What do you got for us today, mate? Um... Who do you reckon is going to partner Adam Reynolds in the halves when he comes back from his COVID? Well, that's a good question. This question has been asked all preseason, hasn't mm. it, Kempi? It's no closer to knowing the answer. No closer to knowing. Um, look, I believe. I, well, I think a lot of it will come off the back of this week mm. when they um, when they take on the Rabbitohs. Obviously, Adam Reynolds was meant to be there. He's contracted COVID, can't play. He's been ruled out by the Broncos. Um, so he won't be there. But I think it'll be out of – I'd like to say it'll be out of Billy Walters or Albert Kelly. Mm. And I think given Albert Kelly was there before Billy Walters – Him and Tyson Gamble. Yeah, I think um, I think Albert Kelly might get the nod, mm. I, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, he, he played a, a quite a strong game in the um, in the All-Star match. I was mm. down there for that match. Um, you know, And his versatility – Although that that makes him a good option for fourteen, yeah, very good option for fourteen. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, yeah. the, it's it's a, it's a tight tussle between those three players because Tyson Gamble played pretty much the majority of the entire season last year. Well, most most in the halves for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy Walters comes up to the club, great competitor. Mm. Play, I've actually played with Billy Walters in his uh, debut game. I know um, he's he's a quality young player, um, and obviously. Yeah, Reynolds will be seven. It, it's just a matter of what's going to be the best combination for to match up with Adam and the rest of the team, I guess. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I was a bit surprised. I feel like Gamble's been a bit hard done by you. Yeah, a little bit. I, yeah. I know, I understand that his second trial wasn't the best. His mm. first trial was was solid. Yeah, but that yeah. was that was really Broncos all over, wasn't oh, it? Absolutely. Trial two. Absolutely. And, and, and third trial, I thought actually Gamble was probably their better half. Okay. I know Walters played better in the first two trials. Mm-hmm. I just think that Gamble's been a little bit hard done by because he has brought so much to the team. 
and I don't feel Billy Walters played enough good footy in the trials okay. to take that out off him. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, though. Not, not in, like There's no one in that three that really did stand out. Yes. So I feel like it's still up in the air. If Gamble has a couple of good games. So no one's really put their hand no up way. for that Absolutely spot. not. Absolutely not. What about you? What do you reckon, Jackson? Um, I don't know. Like, I was watching watching the games, and I reckon Billy Walters and Albert Cully are both pretty good contenders. Yep. Um, but if Billy Walters was to come off the bench as a 14, mm-hmm. um, he'd be pretty good in the second half if they're lacking momentum. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The The only concern with putting Billy Walters at 14 is then you lose Corey Pakes. Or, or you lose yeah. Turpin. Mm-hmm. And I just think that Corey Pakes and Turpin need, because also in the nine role, we're not, we're not settled. Yes. We probably need to carry two hookers uh, because we don't have an out-and-out 80-minute hooker that, mm. you know, Turpin is an 80-minute hooker, but he just hasn't seen the form that he saw a couple of years ago. Early on. And yeah. so we're just in a tough spot. No one's really put their hand up and, and cemented that role. Mm-hmm. Um, what, about, what, what about Corey Pakes and Turpin? Who would you have in the nine role, Jacko? Um... I actually really like Corey Pace. Mm, yeah. He's pretty good. And when he played against the Titans in the trial, it was a real, like, um, off-the-mark hooker. Yep. And that's what I like. He, de- he definitely brings a dimension that Turpin struggles a little bit with an attack. Mm. But I would say Turpin's defense is, is quite a bit Very better. Very strong. Very strong defender. Mm. Um, but, mate, thanks so much for calling in, Jacko. Up the Broncos. Hopefully we can get a win tomorrow night. Good on you, Jacko. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> See, you, See mate. you, mate. Now, our next caller, we have Sharky from Sharky. Nara. Sharky from Nara, are you there? How you going, boys? How are you, Sharky? How you going, mate? What do you got for us? Well, I was going to give you a bit of a, my smoky for the Dally M. You know him pretty well there, Cameron. Um, yeah. I reckon Nico Hines is going to have a fantastic year based on the fact that when Cronulla wins, you're going to figure he's going to stand out. Well, I'd like to think so. And usually the, the so, you know. yeah, usually the boys playing in that seven and six jersey, seven six one, they tend to pick up a few votes when when the team plays well, um, and and when they're winning, and and I think Sharky fans they're gonna, they're going to see a fair few wins this year. Um, That's what I was thinking. So yeah, point. Yeah, and 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 it's you know, smoky, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I, I reckon he's more than a smoky. To be fair, I like it. I like it. I reckon he's more than what a smoky be, because he. Like he came in last year, he he wasn't in he wasn't in the the best thirteen for Storm at the start of the year, right? Yeah. Then they pick up a few yeah. injri- they pick up a few injuries. He ends up playing, um, you know, play plays in position for Pappenhausen and then for Hughes when Hughes spent a bit of time out, mm. even Munster. Mm. So he's rotated through that one six and seven. He ended up finishing in the in the top five for both um, line break assists and trices. Yep. So you know, and, and he picked yeah. up a few Dalian points along the way as well last year, and mm. that was that was that was in a in a season where he wasn't even in the best thirteen to start with. Yeah, absolutely. And just and with Nico in the Sharkies, mm. when you look at that side, mm. he he's the guy that's going to suck in a lot of those points. Well, that's right. Compared to his year yeah. with the Storm, where absolutely. he's got Pappenhaus and he's got Munster, he's got Brandon Smith, yep. uh, Jerome Hughes, absolutely. Um, all of these these players that are standout players in the competition. So there was a lot of sharing of points yep. um, at the Melbourne Storm last year where I think you're right, Kempi. I think at the Sharkies, if if they play well and he has a standout match, he's going to attract a fair few points from the judges. And also, how can they play well without him? Well, that's right. You know, if they play well, it will absolutely be on his shoulders. That's right. Uh, whereas you look at the Storm, if Munster has a quiet game, Hughes can pick it up. Mm. Pappenhusen, even mm. your forward pack could pick it up. 
uh, Smithy. Yep, Harry uh, Grant. Harry Grant, you know, mm-hmm. whereas you look at the Sharks, the only way that they have a good year is if Hines plays well. Yes. Uh, in my opinion. So, mate, I, I love the Smokey, Sharky. I love it. That's a that's a real yeah, well, good Smokey. Third year in, I reckon he's about to bloom. With his, sorry? Third year in, he's about to boom. Mm-hmm. Oh, third year in. Good call. Yeah. Mate, great uh, call. Hey, hey Sharky, yeah, right. Sharky, what... Mate, what are you? What are you? Yeah. What are your thoughts on um, the coach going down with COVID? Is that going to have an impact this week oh, against, against the Raiders? Oh, he wouldn't think so. Steve Price and Josh, and they're pretty experienced. And he was there last year. They've been running the same attack and pattern since Vicky got the job last year. Anyway, that's a bit fair of a shame for the lad. But he's professional enough. He's on the job. They'll Zoom calling him. Whatever they do, yeah, how it works. Imagine that. That'll be right. Imagine, imagine coming into the dressing sheds at half time. And Zoom call. we've got a Zoom call with the coach. <laughs> just sit the laptop or the iPad on top of the chair, just in the middle. Righto, boys. Here Who's we go. downloaded on this connection? He keeps cutting out. Here we go. Righto, boys. And he goes, Fitzy, Fitzy, you're on mute. <laughs> Turn, You've your, been on mute Turn the your microphone on. <laughs> mate, thank Good you on so you much. Sharky. Thanks for calling in, mate. No worries. See ya. See ya, mate. See ya. Uh, now we've got, I mean, a bunch of texts. They're flying in, Smithy. They're flying in. What have we got? What uh, we've have we got? got? Uh, to the Honourable Cam Smith and Kempe. I like that. Honourable. I like that. Thank you. Uh, what are the possibilities <laughs> of Penrith not getting their first win until Cleary is back? Uh, while we all rate Sullivan, mm-hmm. most teams are primed and ready for round one, and Cleary is such a huge part of the team. Much love, Bonesy. Up the storm. Bonesy. Um, listen, um, that's, a, that's a, well, I won't say they won't get a win until he's back, mm. but big possibility that happens tonight. Yeah, because Manly they're coming they're coming into this match uh, pretty much full strength, mm. um, and they haven't got a great record without him. Yeah, and to add to that, to add to that, uh, Bones is they are without Matt Burton this year. So when yeah. Cleary when Cleary missed some matches last year, Burton filled that role in the mm. halves. Well, he's gone. He, we, we all know he's moved to the Bulldogs. So now they need someone else to step up. Obviously, O'Sullivan comes in. He's playing tonight. Uh, brand new team mm. that he has to try and lead around. I just think that they're, they're a completely different footy side when Cleary's not there. Oh, ba- totally based agree. on based on what the game plan that that they have built around him, mm. and and there's and then there's no questioning how good they are when he's there. Mm. But that was, I guess, that's the, I guess the the downside or the negative of building a game plan around one player. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I mean. The positive, though, for Panthers mm. is that they play Manly, which will be tough. Yes. But then it's Dragon and Knights. Okay. So I think that although they are nowhere near the team they are with without Cleary, mm-hmm. if they can't get a win without Cleary against the Dragons or the Knights, yep. that's really concerning. Where Well, they get to play at home tonight, so that's, again, a, a small advantage. Mm. Where are they playing? Do we know where they're playing the next uh, two not games? Sure. We're not sure. Yeah, not sure. Well, if they can jag two out of those three... It's a great start. If if he's not there, yeah. at least for you know the third game, that that's I reckon Ivan would be really happy with that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now we will go to the break, but after the break, we'll talk about the brouhaha between Host and Latrell, and we will see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Make sure to call in 1300-01-1170. That is 1300-01-1170. This year, we want to really engage with you guys. We love having chats, and it's something that we, you, know, you don't really see much in uh, when it comes to footy content, and we would love to do that. Mm. Uh, also, text in 0457-736-736. But Smithy, I love this when I saw it. Yes. Latrell Mitchell, Jacob Host getting a bit of a brouhaha, a bit mm-hmm. of push and shove. 
What are your thoughts on the players? Uh, you know, it uh, bubbling over, if you would. Oh, I don't mind it if, mm. it, if it's in, in the right manner. I think, mm. um, you know, if you're out there competing um, and things get a little bit heated, no dramas. Mm. Like, I, I just think that, that 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 shows that the boys are ready to play. Yeah. They, they've had a long preseason mm. and, you know, you and I can, um, you know, vouch for that. Like, as you get close to, uh, the, you know, the first game, mm. the trials are just been passed by you've been training for three months flat out that it doesn't seem like the end near at all yeah you just want to get out there and play and um yeah that i think that's just a good bit of competitive banter mm. between the boys you know like someone might have just bumped someone the wrong way or said yep. the wrong thing and mm. might have been just a yeah and just just a bit of push and shove nothing too serious i nah. think yeah they're great mates i think i've seen on social media mm. that they were um they yep. had a bit of a combo afterwards. I think Hosty said he's he's never won a won a fight in his life. Me too. Um, same here. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I don't mind it if, mm. if it's in the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's just if it's if it's just a, a heat of the moment thing where they're in a competitive game and whatnot, mm. and there's a bit of push and shove. No dramas. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. I, I feel like context matters now. If they're constantly chipping each other in a yes. change room, and you know, it becomes a situation where they get in each other's faces. Yeah. That's a concern because it's like, okay, boys, you, you're clearly going too far here. Yeah, that's right. But if it's contacting a, a, yeah. tr- a tackling drill, yeah, then it's like, yeah, great. Yeah, and let's be fair. Like, let, let's be honest here. Like, not everyone is going to be great mates. No. in a footy side, it's, it's like a, any other working environment where you're not best mates with everyone you work with. Mm. You don't. You don't hang out. Yeah, you know, every hour outside of your working hours, and yep. you know, have coffees and a beer, or catch up for meals, or go mm. do stuff. You know, in, in your in your private time, absolutely. You know, so we're not we're not saying that everyone's buddy buddy mm. um, with each other, um, but you know, as you as you mentioned, if if things go a little bit too far and they and they carry on and they continue and continue, well, that's when your leaders need to step in. Your coach will have a word mm. and just say, "Hey, boys, you know, if if the relationship is." You know, strain or whatever. Let's let's just be professional about it. Absolutely, you are you are paid professionals. Mm. Come to work, get your job done properly, and then leave it there. Absolutely, absolutely. Has there, have you ever experienced any uh, any a bit of a pushing and shoving on the training paddock? Well, I've seen a few. Yeah, okay. I've seen a few, um, and I've been a viewer. I've, yeah. I haven't been involved in them, okay. <laughs> as we mentioned off the top. Yeah, probably wouldn't win a fight, but. Um, <laughs> I uh, I've heard some I heard some stories. This is in the early days of the storm, um, and it was actually one of my good mates, Denny Williams. Mm. I, I actually got to play with him, and he's known to have a bit of a short fuse. <laughs> Very passionate person, yep. you know, about his mates and mm. looks after his mates and looks after, you know cares about the Melbourne storm. Anyway, but yeah, I heard some stories about him in the early days where. He didn't. He didn't Loved mind it. throwing a couple on the teammates. Hey, well, I got you. I've got one with your mate Corey Parker. Oh, the great Corey Parker. So uh, we used to play. Sorry, what do you? Got I was going to say. Well, surely you won this fight. If it was it with you, it was with me. Oh, you won this? No, I didn't win it. I didn't win it. it was, what? It didn't escalate into that. That oh, it didn't okay. escalate okay, into sorry. that. Sorry. Yeah, you know, remember mate. back back then I was like, you know, seventy nine kilos dripping wet, yes. so I didn't have much in me. Come anyway, from so, soccer. Yep. Come, yep, absolutely. Anyway, so we had a game called the dropout game, and every it would be it'd be our. Our training run before a game. So yes. the night, the day before a game is a dropout game. Bit of fun. Yep. And it was something that if you're a small outside back, you can excel at. Mm-hmm. And so I was excelling at it, doing really well. <laughs> and I, you know, I gave Corey Parker the business. I, I gave him the business. And then I started getting lippy, which I shouldn't have. Senior player, 
been yeah. around there, done it all. I shouldn't have got lippy, so that's it was a, my fault. Yep. was my fault. That's a rookie error. That's a rookie error, absolutely. Yep. So yep. his shirt in front of me, grabbed the front of my shirt and like gave me a little push push, push punch. Yes. push punch. Yes. And I just laughed and went back to my wing because I was like, look, first of all, I'm not going to win this battle. And second of all, you were in the wrong, Kempi. So <laughs> maybe you should just take this on the chin. So you literally copped it on the chin. Literally copped it on the chin and said, you know what, as a rookie, you should have kept your mouth shut. Yep. Uh, and, and not uh, giving the boys a spray. So there, there's been some famous ones. I think there was uh, Gibbs versus Galloway. There's some mm-hmm. footage of that, having oh, a punch yes. on the Tigers. Yes. That was wild. I've never yes. seen something that bad. Yep. I've never seen actual punch on. Mm-hmm. I've just seen pushes and shoves. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the great Moose, Josh Maguire at the Broncos. Got yes. a bit of push and shove. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't mind one. They, oh, mate, he was in it all the he time. Was, he was a proper antagonist at training. Absolutely. Didn't he? Absolutely. It was like he was playing a game. Yeah. Trying to get under the skin of the opposition, but yep. but it was his teammates. Exactly. And also, you know, if if they went hard on him, he'll have an issue with it. And you're like, bro, <laughs> big show, big show. Come on, mate. That's the big show. Come on, mate. Uh, but yeah, so I, I actually, you know, I agree with you. It depends on the context. Mm. If they're doing a bit of contact, you've got two, you know, big aggressive guys and they have a push and shove. Fair play. No dramas. Chad Townsend actually said on the, my podcast, uh, you know, a few months ago, mm. he said, the year they won the premiership is the most fights, as in push and shoves, he's ever been a part of. Really? He just said that they were so good, so pumped, yep. and so competitive in everything they did. He said ping pong, whatever it was, mm. they were competitive. Uh, and so it, it was, uh, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good. But anyway, after the break, give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Also text 0457 736. We will see you after the break, previewing round one. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We've got a, a, a bunch of questions, but just a real quick one. Is Trent Barrett's job under pressure? We've got a question here from the great Nathan. He also asked, Kempi, give advice to Jaden Ockenbore on the wing, but we'll get to the first one. <laughs> um, well, of course he's under pressure. They they got the uh, wooden spoon last mm. year and, and they need to perform. Mm. It's just, it's it's the fact of life of not just NRL, but professional sports the the business is winning. Mm. And if you're not winning, then there's a huge chance that your job is under pressure. So from the get-go, mm. Trent Barrett will be under pressure to, for his team to perform. No doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, all you got to look at is Des Hasler. First four weeks of last season, mm. his job was under pressure. Well, he's gone. He was literally getting asked, should they bring in someone else to help the great Des Hasler? Mm. That's how much winning matters. Now, the, my advice to Ockenborg, well, I probably can't give that much, but if I would defensively, it's all about body shape. Keep yourself square. <laughs> Don't turn in. Just get up square, stay square, come in, come out. Uh, anyway. He doesn't I, need advice running the ball. Just run the ball like <laughs> he did at Amy Park that year, mate. I think it was, what was it, 19? Ran oh, over me twice. Yeah, good. Anyway, Thanks, after, after the break, uh, we will be getting into round one previews. Call us 1300 01 1170. Also text 0457 736 736. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Make sure to call 1300 01 1170. That's 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. But Smithy, mm, Smithy, that's yes. what he's back. I'm getting a bit excited, maybe too excited. Yes. We've got Penrith versus Manly tonight. It's at Penrith's home ground. Yep. Cleary is out, but this does not mean that this clash won't be an absolute banger. It'll Thoughts? be a cracker. Uh, obviously, premiers from last year, the Penrith Panthers, yep. taking on prelim finalists, Manly. Yep. Um, and you mentioned just before the break, Kempi, this was a team that hardly won a game of footy in the first month until the great Tommy Turbo returned and just made a world of difference to that footy side. Took out the Dalian medal. 
Um, best player in the competition last year. So, yeah, huge game. Uh, eight o'clock kickoff there at Blue Bet Stadium out uh, in Penrith. Um, I think Manly may get this one. Mm. Funny little stats coming out of this game, though. Cleary not being in the side. Um, Penrith haven't got a great record without him, and they don't have Burton to, to fill that spot yep. um, this year. Although Manly, shocking first-round record. Like, really? shocking. I mean, it's last like year, wow. Something, something around the numbers of four out of their last, like, 15 wow. first-round matches they've won. Oh, my so God. So, not um, historically not great starters. Yep. But if there's ever an opportunity um, to win first up game, it's this one without uh, with, with Penrith losing their main man. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd like to think, and we're chatting just in the break about this, you'd like to think off the back of last year, um, yeah, Desi, have, he would have his men fired up for this mm. because there's a little bit of criticism around Manly and their performances last year and particularly around the wins mm. and that they, you know, when things were going good from, they played well and won. Yep. But when they're up against it, when they come up against the good teams, they they found found it really hard to perform mm. and play play the footy that a lot of a lot of us become accustomed to. Yeah, when they were piling on, you know, four, 30, 40, sometimes fifty points. Yeah, so I guess that will be the challenge for them tonight. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We know that the Penrith pack, regardless if Cleary is there or not, mm. it's a tough pack. Yes, arguably the toughest in the comp. Mm-hmm. They've got Fisher Harris leading it. They've got Isaiah Yo. Yep. I mean, they've got Spencer Leanu coming off the bench. They've got a fantastic forward pack, and their defence won their premiership it last did. year. Absolutely, yep. no doubt, no doubt in my mind. And so the concern with Manly last season mm-hmm. that I hope that they hope to rectify is they can't allow teams to pressure them with their defense. And what I mean by that is when Manly did play in the prelims, yes, they allowed teams to attack from defense. Mm-hmm. So mm. it rattled them. They went away from their systems. They went away from what was really good and just mm-hmm. tried to get points where they could find them. You look at the Manly Storm game. Yes. I mean, that first 20 from Manly, it was – they Melbourne's just – Applied, they choked them. They choked them with defence. Yep. They looked. I'll tell you what. I was on the sideline for that match. They. It was almost like they were shocked. Yep. When they mm. turned up, they were like, "Wow!" Like they. It was like they weren't expecting the storm to play that way. Where intensity. They weren't expecting that. Yeah. Intensity. So I'd like to think you know, given they 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 had that experience from that final series last year, um, you know, and went all the way to the prelim with an opportunity to play in the grand final. Surely they've learned some lessons over mm. that period. You know, when the, all the boys and the coaches went away in the off season, had to think about it. Where can we improve? Certainly, that was the main improvement going into twenty twenty two. To say let's let's build a game plan mm. and let's have a backup plan. Let's have a plan B and let's have a plan C. Because yep. when teams turn up and they've done their homework, particularly the good teams, mm. when they're well prepared for what we're going to throw at them. If that fails, what can we what can we go back to? Absolutely. Not not just uh, here, Tommy, do something with the ball here. A DCE mate, kick a forty twenty for us. Yep, totally. It's oh, I totally agree. And and I think also they had a a, a tendency to most of the games they played mm-hmm. the first twenty minutes they'd set the tone. Yes. Manly would set the tone. Boys, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, we're about to put. 40 on you. Yep. Sometimes you don't set the tone. Sometimes the tone is set against you. Yep. How do you respond to that? And the thing with the storm, 
is the storm set the tone. They said, this is how it's going to be. And mm. Manly went, oh, shit, I, yeah, no, yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah, they well, and, and again, that's the strong teams, the well-prepared teams do that. And they have this ability to adapt as well, Kempi. Mm. You know what I mean? If, if, if things don't go to plan the way that they – they they have prepared for mm. they they've always they can adapt to what's yeah. happening out in the field but you you got to have a commitment towards that game plan to start with mm. as you said about melbourne they have a style of play that they go out and say this will work and we will implement everything that we've prepared and practiced this week to do mm. and no matter what the opposition you know give us or show us mm. on the other side of the field we we'll stick to our plan because we have a strong belief that that'll work absolutely absolutely now the positive is glass half full. Mm-hmm. If you can fix that, yes. Manly are a scary, scary prospect. Oh. I would argue that they had the best attack in the comp towards the end of the year. Yep. And so if you can fix that and just get through, I, I honestly, it's the first 20 minutes. It's it's so important for them. So important for them. Well, that's, that's just, that's our game, isn't it? Mm. It's you, you need to go out and start well. Mm. Very, very seldomly do we see, you know, particularly in these, these games where there's two good footy sides. Mm. Do we see a team blow a start, allow the opposition to score a few points, and then they come back and win? You know, you might be able to do it against a you know a team that's not playing so well, out of form, or struggling, or whatever it is. But these two teams that are, that are going to be well prepared for this first up battle, mm. it's 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 all about the start. Mm. It's all about the start. You just cannot afford to give good footy sides a a, a leg up. Mm. Perfect and, example. Few weeks before, they played the Cowboys. First mm-hmm. half, Cowboys took it to them. It yep. was a close game, and then Manly rolled over them and ended up tailing them up. Yes, they did the same thing against the Storm. Mm. That doesn't happen. Well, that, that game that was when Tom did. Tommy score four. I think he. I mean, four thousand. <laughs> four thousand. <laughs> I think he did. I think he, he had. Uh, that was his ridiculous game. He yeah. ran for like three hundred and sixty meters, and yeah. yeah, it was just you know. So that that was. That's what I'm saying. Mm. So you can like they they come up against the Cowboys side who was just struggling for form at that part of the year. Yeah, you know, it was coming towards the end of the year. They were all they're probably a little bit over it. They just wanted the season to end. Mm. But then you come up against a side like Melbourne, mm. and it's just a totally different story. So um, yeah, big game. Oh, yeah, what Look, are Panthers going to do? Well, Panthers they they just need to play a very very simple style of football. In attack. Mm. I think a lot of it, I, I believe a lot of their game plan will uh, revolve around Isaiah Yo tonight. Mm. I really do. Yep. He plays like a, well, he's, he's as tough as any ruck forward playing in the game, mm. but he plays a lot like a half. He plays like a link man in the middle. So if he can help guide that team around the park and, and Luai and O'Sullivan can kick well and can just try to pin Manly down their own end, mm. keep Tommy, keep Tommy in his own half. Mm. For me, that would be their game plan, and I think that that will be that will give them the most opportunity to win this match. I, I totally agree. If I, if I'm the Panthers, I'd be looking at two things. In in the final series last year, the mm-hmm. Manly centers really struggled with their yes. spacing. Mm-hmm. But I would also be looking at the All Stars match when Fisher Harris was linking with uh, Tarpanair. Oh, and because you don't have Cleary to get it to your wingers, yep. I would actually be attacking. Your Through three, the middle. And three and four men's like get get the three and four men's interested. Mm-hmm. That will will make the four men make a decision. Do I come and squeeze in and then leave my outside minute? So I'd actually be attacking. Uh, I know it's a cliche, but the middle third. Yes, I wouldn't really worry about trying to strip them of numbers because you don't have Cleary. That Cleary is the guy. Mm-hmm. When you see a winger just fall over the try line, it happens at Cleary yep. or Isaiah Yo. Yeah. Um, whereas if I'm Penrith Panthers, 
I would honestly be hope not hoping, but looking not to score a try anything further out than maybe the three men. Yep. And just keep it all through the middle there, and just just test them. How good is your spacing when we've got Fisher Harris linking with Isaiah Yo yeah. with a hard ball runner off the edge of that? Asking questions uh, in the middle. Absolutely. That's that's what I would be doing if I'm Penrith. But it is going to be an absolutely fantastic game. Is there any is there any Smokies that you think could stand out in this first game and really set the tone for the year? Um, well, I think I think the spotlight is on Jerome Luai. Mm. Really, yeah. He he is he is. Well, he's going to be the, the go-to man mm. for uh, Penrith. I know we mentioned um, Isaiah Yo being the sort of link in the middle and very important for him, but I think the spotlight will be on Jerome Luai yeah, after sure. his season in 2021 and just to see how he handles this first-up match mm. um, coming off um, a year where he represented New South Wales and he, and he was a premiership player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think... It's uh, now we've got Canberra v Cronulla, mm-hmm. who is actually this is my smoky for game of the round, because the wow. Sharkies, the Sharkies are you know they're so keen to set the tone for their year that mm-hmm. you know the Sharkies had a disappointing year last year, but everyone's kind of got on board the Sharkies hype train, including myself. Yep. But the Raiders, on the other hand, also had an extremely disappointing year, and yes. when you look at their both of their rosters, mm-hmm. you could say they're top six rosters. And that's why I believe that this is uh, could be game of the round. What are your thoughts on this clash? Yeah, it's a big game. Um, I do agree with you. I think it's a big game for the Sharkies, yeah. uh, given their season last year, which they would have been disappointed with. Uh, would have been Craig Fitzgibbon's first <laughs> first match as uh, head NRL coach. But you he's know, on Zoom on the big screen, like I be, said. Yeah, he'll be zooming. Um, so he'll be there, um, I guess, um, in some form. But uh, yeah, a couple of new recruits. Um, to, to the Sharkies, Nico Hines uh, being one of the main recruits um, mm. with Dale Finucane. Um So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. I think um, yeah, Matty Moylan, seeing Matty Moylan back in the halves, he, he'll be partnering Nico Hines. Mm. Really excited to see him play and see how he performs because he, he's a he's a he's a great footballer. I, oh, I, pl- I actually I played a bit of footy with um, Matty Moylan um, in the Australian side. Oh really? Yeah, he um, he was a part of uh, one of the tours and and just a I was really impressed with it was you know quite new onto the scene then but I was really impressed with his knowledge of the game and mm. um the way he he applied himself and just the way he went about his business on the footy field he's just a, a a natural footy player so it's great to see him back in uh in the side playing in the halves I think they'll get it done um they they are playing down in Canberra but I think I think they'll get this one done uh, uh, against the Raiders. The too. I'm back in the Sharkies. Now, game plan-wise, mm. I would actually have the same game, game plan. Obviously, you've got the base things that you do in a footy side. Mm-hmm. But the same you know, points of difference for this specific game would be the same for me for Raiders and the Sharks. And why yes. do I say that? Because you've got a rookie seven for the Raiders in Schneider. Schneider, yep. And you've got a rookie seven in Hines. So I would be saying to my foreman... <laughs> don't give them a second. Don't give them a second. If yeah. you have to shoot out of the line and rattle their cages, yeah. you know, early in the game, do it. Do it. Especially yep. with both of them having not played much seven or yep. um, any seven at NRL level. Yep. And so that would be my suggestion to defensive. And and to back you up on that point, the Raiders, right? When when they're playing well, they are super aggressive in defense. Super aggressive in defense. And I know that's a style um of of coaching that Ricky Stewart really enjoys. Mm. He likes having aggressive footy sides. You know, you think back to, you know, the great rooster sides that he coached mm. 
they used to bash the opposition out of the game. Yeah. And I know coming up against the Raiders um, when when uh, Stick was coaching, whenever they played well, it was all the game was based around defence. Mm. They they didn't go out there to try and outscore you. Mm. They would go out there to have a have a physical presence in defence mm. and just try to monster your forwards. Yeah. And and if they got a hold of your your key players, any of your halves, your fullback, your dummy half, they they would try and rough you up. Mm. So I'm thinking I'm I'm I totally agree with you, Kemby. If they get an opportunity to get a hold of these boys, particularly Nico, who's wearing the number seven for the first time as a main man for the Sharkies, and he will will be running the team. I think you'll see, you know, I, I think you'll see the Raiders try and you know get up in his face nice and early and just remind him that they're coming all game. Absolutely, I, I think if if you see Nico Hines kick the ball and there's a Raiders guy near him, he'll hit the deck. Oh, he'll have to be taken to the ground. He'll be taken to the ground every time. It may not be super aggressively so they don't get a penalty, yep. but it'll be niggly. It'll be these little, like, mate, you oh, didn't need to take me to the ground. I know, you, know, you know all about that, don't you? That's sticky all over, though. <laughs> hey, that's the way he played. <laughs> um, and, and I think, you know, I feel the same when it comes to Schneider. Get in his head. Yep. He's a rookie. And and Whiten, you know, he's a. we saw last year, he's a fantastic ball-running six, but he absolutely needs – time and space to do that. Mm. And if Schneider is getting absolutely peppered outside in or even from the inside, you probably want it from the inside, not outside in, uh, that pressure on a rookie, mm. it can just dismantle their game in a heartbeat. I'm not saying it will, but yep. that's what I would be looking at uh, from a Sharks and a, a Raiders perspective. But mm-hmm. um, we will head to the break. Make sure to call 1300 01 1170. Text 0457 736 736 and we'll preview the rest of the rounds for this week. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Make sure to grab a case of Bloke in a Bar from your local. We're now in every single Bodlo, Celebrations, and IGA in New South Wales and ACT. So get down to your local there, or we're in plenty of stores in Queensland. Go to our website, blokeinabar.com. We've got a store located there. Plus, we will be at DY Hotel tonight for our first ever live show, live podcast from 6.30 tonight at DY Hotel. But... So there's no excuse. There's no excuse not to have a bloke in your hand tonight watching the footy. You can get it anywhere. Boom. Boom. Anywhere. The beer of the unofficial beer of footy or the official one. Depends who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, we've got plenty of text here. Plenty of text here. We've got uh, something from someone from a text story from Pommy Pommy Rabideau. The Pommy Uh, Rabideau. Morning, fellas. I 100% agree. The players shouldn't have their wages made public. Don't Mm -hmm. give the desperate journalists and fans the satisfaction. Rugby league players don't get paid enough, in my opinion. Oh. Fair enough. Fair You're echoing our sentiments. Um, got another text here. Smithy and Kemi, hope you're well, boys. Quick question for Smithy. Mm. Now that you're living up on in God's country, any chance on pulling on the number nine for the mighty Corumban <laughs> Eagles? The Corumban <laughs> Eagles. Up the storm. Well, I guess, well, one of my good mates, Matt Guy, former storm player, mm. um, he's coaching the A-grade side there. I'm just wondering if he uh, hasn't put his name to that text. So, Buffer, I hope that's not you, mate. But, um, no, look, he, he actually uh, he threw it out there last year um, when mm. it was around my sort of announcement about retiring or whatever. And he said, mate, if you, if you want a game, come down. I said, imagine. I said, mate, come on. <laughs> there would be haymakers and swinging arms and mate. coat hangers going left, right and centre. I, I definitely wouldn't be pulling on a jersey. Yeah. Uh, that started with eight <laughs> through to 13. Yeah. Get on the stink. I'd, I'd be out stink. wide somewhere. Get him on the stink. <laughs> now, um, we've got Broncos versus Rabbitohs, an absolutely huge clash. Mm-hmm. Now, it's lost a little bit of its sting, yes. a little bit of sting with Reynolds out. Yeah. 
but it's still an enthralling clash, none the least. On that, mm. on that, right? Throughout all my time in the NRL and yours as well, did you were you always under the impression that the draw was done randomly? Mm. It was sent. The teams were sent over yes, sea somewhere to some fancy company that yep. makes the the draw fair, mm. but coincidentally. The Broncos ended up with a Friday night match against the Rabbitohs, where mm. the former Rabbitohs captain is now playing. Yes, it's uh, it's interesting, questionable, questionable. Uh, I like it though. I like it. I, I, to be honest, games like this, I like it. But you could make the argument when it comes to the integrity of the entirety of the season. Yes, does it affect it? Well, absolutely, absolutely. If it they're does. just looking for matchups and you know the TV stuff or whatever, the ratings and all that sort of stuff, that can be questioned. But uh, Roosters versus Rabbitohs were supposed to land on when Latrell came back from suspension. Wow, that's just, it's just another coincidence. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a coincidence. I'm not saying Avon. that they did land on, <laughs> but I am saying let's have a look into it. Uh, <laughs> which now he's back a week before. He's back a week before. Yeah. So. so he'll be ready to go. But um, nonetheless, this is this is a big game. Uh, big game. Big game. I, I, look, without... Without, and I know this is your old team. Well, this is your team. Yeah, this is my team. This is your team. I think without Adam Reynolds, this is going to be a difficult one mm. um, for them. Although, um, you know, Latrell not being there, Adam Reynolds moving on, Wayne Bennett mm-hmm. not being the coach, um, this is going to be a, a different South Sydney team, I think, as well. Uh, I, I just think South may just have just a bit too much firepower for the Brisbane Broncos in round one. Mm. So the game plan for me, mm-hmm. from South's perspective, would be like, boys, they struggle to play 80 minutes. Yeah. So do yes. not panic. Yes. Stick to our systems and just keep thinking in your head, grind. Don't, grind, try, grind. don't try and win this in the first 20 minutes. Don't even bother. Because guess what? We've got a guy named Cody Walker on our side. Mm. If we need points. Trust in his ability. He will get us points. Mm-hmm. He, he is one of the best footy minds I've seen on the field. He is just incredible. So... The Rabbitohs don't get too eager to score points. Just build pressure. Mm-hmm. Repeats it. Repeats it. Mm-hmm. Because Broncos, over the last 24 months, have had a tendency to break. Even in the trials, they showed a tendency to break. Yep. Um, so that's from the Rabbitohs' perspective. Yes. The Broncos' perspective, I would uh, appeal to their their pride mm-hmm. and be like, boys, we are at home. Yes. We have been written off for 24, uh, 24 months. Yes. It's 80 minutes. That's all it is. It's not... Three or four hours. Mm-hmm. It's not six hours. You have 80 minutes to earn some respect. Yep. Do you want to do that? Yep. And if they can do that, if, put it this way. If, if the Broncos can go for 80 minutes, I actually can see an upset. Yep. But if they come in and out of the game, it could get quite ugly for them. Well, they, um, I, I agree on that part where this, this is about a pride thing for them, isn't it? Absolutely. Off the back of the last couple of seasons where they've just been um, very much unlike the Brisbane Broncos that we've all become accustomed to over a long period of time. Mm. Um, it is a pride thing because you, as a, as a football, as a sportsman, when you pull on a Jersey, that should mean something to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and you know, everything that I'm talking about here, absolutely, particularly um, the Broncos Jersey mm. and, and the history of the club and, and what it means to be a Bronco. But when you, when these players pull on this Jersey tomorrow night, it should mean something to them. Mm-hmm. So when they go out, it's not just a game of football that they go out and oh, I hope I play well and I hope we win. Mm. Take hope out of it. Absolutely. Go out there and play that 80 minutes of football like it's your last. 
Absolutely. Every game they play should be like it's the last game of football that they're going to have the opportunity to play. Absolutely. And then if you have that mindset and you play with that mindset, actions follow and more times than not, wins will back that up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You will, you will win more games than, you, than you'll lose if you have that mentality every week for the entire 80 minutes that you're out in that field. Absolutely. And, and that's what needs to be restored mm. in this footy team and in this footy club. And in the town of Brisbane, because I think that's that's the question over this club at the moment is, where where's the, where's the pride gone? Where is the acknowledgement of the history of this club and, and what it stands for? So I think that's that's a lot of the work that I think Kevy and um, all of the assistants mm. have been have been doing at the club there for for the last eighteen months. Mm. Um, and I'll mention again that I've seen some good signs from that team in the last month of footy last year mm. where they they were playing out 80 minutes and they were showing pride in um, the game and, and and even when they were down mm. you're seeing guys chasing back on line breaks made against them they weren't giving up and even when they, and flip the coin when they were winning mm. they you're still seeing those actions when they didn't have to put in an extra effort because they were up by you know 20 points yep so that's what we need to see from a Broncos team against mm. the Rabbitohs on Friday. Absolutely. I mean, everyone trains hard. We're all really good footy players. If you're playing NRL, you're a talented footy player. The thing that separates good footy sides from great footy sides is playing for something bigger than yourself. Yep. You can have all the technical now, so you can have all the athletic ability. I mean, look at the Broncos side. You would have to say physically, athletically, one of the best sides in the competition. And, and, and comments have been plentiful in that that yep. uh, area over Absolutely. the last couple of years. Like, think back maybe, was it three seasons ago? Best young forward pack in the competition. Yep. Best young football side in the competition. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be back in a they're, – they're hunting for a premiership. Mm. But we just haven't, we haven't seen it. That missing ingredient of playing for something bigger than yourself. Uh, we've got a call here yes. from uh, Margaret. Margaret. No, hey. got, no, Brett. It's Brett. Oh, sorry from for Margaret, Margaret River. River. Apologies, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, mate. You can call me Mark. <laughs> mate, what, what's your question? Hey, boys. Hey, boys. Got a big Roosters fan stuck over here in WA. Yeah. Just wanted to get your opinion. We got um, Sam Walker and Cleary for the first time together. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's going to go with, and obviously Sammy wearing the stick, mm-hmm. is that going to stop sort of... Kiri's game, do you think, with his running game? He's really strong there, I think. Um, um, yeah. yeah what, what does the 7-6 and six on his back really do for oh, him? No, nah, good question, Brett. I think, um, look, I, I don't think that really makes a difference. I think, that, you know, the modern game, the 7-6 and six play similar roles, and, and most of the time now yeah, okay. they, they play on one side. Like, one will be a right side player, one will be a left. Um, but, you know, I'm really excited to see this pairing. First, as you mentioned, mate, first game together. Kiri back. He was on a yeah. long layoff last year with a knee injury. Um, I think they'll be good. There's been some questions about their size, but you know what? Alan yeah. Langer, Alan Langer, one of the smallest players to ever play the game, one of the greatest players. Yeah, John, yeah, John, yeah. Jonathan Thurston, same thing. People question his size and his ability in defence. People people regard him as possibly the greatest player to ever play the game. So I'm going to back these two boys to go well, and um, I think they, they will do so. Hey, Brett, we've, we've got to go to a break, mate, but thank you so much for calling no, in, no and we'll, ex- we'll explore that question further on you, after the break. Cheers, mate. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Make sure to call in 1300 01 1170. Taking your calls, absolutely love them. Also, your texts 
0457 736 736. Now, his name wasn't Margaret, but he may be known as Margaret from here on out. <laughs> Muggy. He asked, asked a question about <laughs> good old Muggy. Muggy. Uh, he asked a question about Sam Walker and Luke Curie, how they'd go this year. Now, yep. this is a really interesting one because Sam Walker absolutely is could be one of the best attacking halves we've seen as a rookie. Yep. Now, the question, the, if you're looking at glass half empty, you would say the concern is, is can his body withstand Size. the week in, week out? And we've got plenty of evidence of players like your Thurston's, like your Alfie Langer's, that <clears throat> managed to push through mm-hmm. that, uh, that question. Yes. The positive with those boys, though, Thurston, for example, was yep. at the Doggies, and he was killing it in reserve grade. But they had such good halves that he was allowed to have a couple years of development. Whereas Sam Walker was kind of thrust in probably a little bit too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not skill set wise, but just physically, I'd yeah. say just a little bit too early. Yep. And so now he's almost forced his way into, if he's not the seven, it's almost like you've got to have him at seven. Do you think there's a worry that he could, ha- he could actually need another year? In, in, in reserve grade for his body to get used to the contact? Oh, absolutely. And and all of the Roosters, um, you know, performance staff, coaching staff would be aware of that. Mm. And uh, no man more so than Trent Robinson mm. because, you know, when, when you look at Sam Walker, you, you're thinking long-term mm, as well. Sure. You don't just want you to, you don't just want to chuck this young man out to the wolves mm. and just, Beat him up, beat him up, beat him up to the point where he's just like, I don't like this game. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't like this game anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play it. Um, you know, because it, it becomes hard when you get when you're getting beaten up every match, and you know you sort of turn. You got a short turnaround. You got to get up for training every day, and then it, it becomes very, very difficult. Mm. And, and that's the that's the that's why not. You mentioned before, can be that it's a very um, unique place, the NRL, where. There's only 400 odd spots mm. to to play in this center. Not every it's not for everyone. Nah. So you, you got to be mental, mentally and physically tough enough to handle the rigors of an entire season. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sam Walker on a bit of a rotation policy. Mm. Now I know I know that's not ideal for a footy club because you're always looking for some stability, particularly in that position. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him rotated maybe. Um, you know, a month in mm. um, to see someone like a, a Lockie Lamb come in and play, mm. um, Kieran come in and play, who's a, a bigger body. They're both bigger bodies. Mm. They might come in and play a couple of games. Sam Walker might might have a game off the bench. Mm. Um, and he might, you know, Trent Robinson might just keep him out of the, the first 20 minutes, take the sting out of the match and send him out there. Yeah. Um, I remember in my first full season, 03, I played about a month or five weeks. Yeah, I'm playing in the in the right in the middle in the number nine position, and I was probably a little bit underdeveloped physically as well. Mm. I, I was probably underdeveloped physically when I finished my <laughs> career as well after 400 <laughs> matches, but um, compared to everyone else. But uh, I, I think um, I, I still remember my first full season. So I played my first two games in 02. They were just one-off matches. It was one, two, and then that was it. Um, back to Queensland Cup. But I remember my first full season. I played about five weeks, and then Craig Bellamy put me on the bench mm. because he knew that, mate, this this kid, he's just come into first grade. He's playing in the middle. Um, he's getting all the big boys running at him all game. Mm. He's making plenty of tackles, doing plenty of work. I don't want to burn him out. Mm. The last thing I want to do is just keep 
you know, smashing him, smashing him, smashing him, and then and then you know he picks up an injury or he's just fatigued where he can't handle it anymore. Mm. So he 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 made the right decision for myself yeah. and the team mm. to take me out of that starting spot, put me on the bench. I think Denny Williams might have gone in and and started in the nine jersey, and I, I'd come on after twenty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So we may see that happen with the Roosters. Mm. And, and the, the 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 concern is when you're in the middle or at three, not the concern, but you know what you have to eventually come to grips with is you will be targeted by the biggest, strongest, yes. fastest men yep. in the NRL. And yep. so, yeah, I agree with you. I think there will be a point where, you know, bring Sam Walker off for a game and maybe start him on the bench, give his body the chance to recover properly. Yep. Also, maybe take a little bit of pressure off him as yep. well. You yep. know, just like, mate, you don't don't stress about you. You're getting too tired, or mm. if you're if you're four games in mm. and your body's not feeling it, just let us know. We'll work around it. And that's what that's what the good coaches do. Mm. They, they're not just out there coaching game plans. They manage. Yeah. Okay. They manage the players. They manage individuals, and they and they don't just manage, you know, week by week. It's it's thinking whole season. Yeah. You know what I mean. And and the Roosters have shown in the past too, they're they're happy, right? It's not about it's not about you know winning every match throughout the year mm. and finishing minor premiers or being top two or whatever. It's about putting themselves in a position where all things being equal, they reach the top eight, they get themselves into the finals where they are raring to go yeah. in the final four weeks of the season. Absolutely. Perfect Absolutely. example was was 2018 and 19 mm. where um, they they, they didn't were start just, the best at eighteen. No, they didn't. Yeah. No, but but they built throughout the season, rested players when they needed to, mm. off the back of you know some origin commitments and whatnot. Um, you know through fatigue and 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 big minutes played, you know consecutive games played, they rested players here and there, so that they had the strongest possible team available for that final series. Yeah, absolutely. Just a a quick bit of breaking news with Broncos Rabbitohs. Uh, Taffe Blake Taff. Has failed to finish training after rolling his ankle. He may be wow. in doubt for the Broncos. Yikes. Wow! Yikes! Uh, so who who is there? Anyone to fill that position? Maybe uh, Alex Johnson go back to fullback. Yes, true. Bring Mansour onto the wing if he isn't starting already. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to Sydney versus Newcastle Knights. We've spoken a bit about the Roosters, mm. the Knights. How do they win this battle? It's a huge battle. Uh, big game. Look, oh, yeah. It, and, and again, Mitchell Pearce. We spoke last week. Um, mm about his departure with uh, the new Knights captain, Callum Ponga, and, you know, how that, that changes his role mm. personally yep. and how the team changes their game plan. Um, Adam Clune comes in, who you've been impressed with. Mm. I really have. I, like, Clune for me, if I'm being 100% honest, I, I've already said this, I thought he was a, a depth purchase. Mm-hmm. But he has been so impressive for me in the trials. One of their better players and really has brought – direction to them uh you know he's he's played much better and he's actually given me a lot more hope for the Knights. i was quite concerned after they lost pierce yep. and i didn't know who their house pairing would be obviously clifford he's still relatively young yes relatively inexperienced whereas clune although he hasn't played much nrl he's played a lot of footy yep and so i was, I was actually quite impressed and then when you look at their forward pack um I know one of the Saifidi brothers is out uh, with a yep, fractured Daniel, tibia. Daniel. Uh, Jacob is still playing. You've still got Clemmer. Now, it's going to be a massive uphill battle, massive uphill battle. Mm-hmm. But if I see the Knights, you know, doing anything, yep. it would be doing, trying tactics, not dirty tactics, but just to <laughs> upset, unsettle. unsettle that crazy uh, Roosters forward back. It's just yep. such a strong forward back. But also, 
how do we unsettle the flow of Kiri and Walker? They mm-hmm. haven't played much footy together, if any footy, I think. Mm. No, so, I think this is the first game. First game together. Yep. So that'd be the first game with Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, again, massive uphill battle. But if the Knights can somehow upset the flow of that those two players and, you know, don't have to basically change your tempo. Yep. So sometimes shoot out of line, sometimes up and slide. Yes. You know, sometimes get really aggressive from the inside. That's where I see that they may have an opportunity to really stutter that Roosters attack that is just so good. Yep. I think another uh, focal point for them will be Victor Radley. Yes. Don't give Victor Radley time. Don't allow him to dictate the pace of the play the ball. And what do I mean by that is if you give Victor Radley time yep. and he digs into the line, you are strapped for numbers no matter what. Yep. And so that would be my... Uh, yeah, I think for, for Newey, um, just looking at their football last year, I know it's a different footy side, but mm. um, I think what needs to happen is their spine, Clune, Ponga, Clifford, um, Chris Randall is playing nine yep. with, with Braley out through and, injury. Uh, Kurt Mann won the 13. Yeah, Kurt Mann's uh, in the 13. I think that spine, they really need to have a clear, clear um, plan mm. around their attack. Mm. I, I looked at Newcastle last year and they, 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 they had some great attacking options. Mm. Um, and it looked at times that, you know, they had a really nice game plan, but they just, it's like they come in and out of the game. Yeah. So what worked for them early, they just, they never, they never threw that at mm. the opposition again. Mm. I see them get good field position with some set starts through either, you know, drop out reception or, um, some, some penalties or six to goes. And they just, they threw nothing sets at the opposition. Yeah. They'd run through their six tackles and there, there wasn't a shot fired. Mm. There wasn't a question asked. And I don't understand why, with one of the most potent attacking players in the competition in Kalen Ponga, yep. why you wouldn't be asking three or four mm. questions in a set of six. Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's, let's, not, let's not get inside the opposition, you know, 40 meter zone mm. and just have five hit ups and then try and roll one in the end goal for a repeat. Mm. Don't get me wrong. There are there are certain periods of the game where that may need to happen. Yep. But on the most part, I'd be given Ponga opportunities. Absolutely. Look for opportunities. Absolutely. After the break, we will get into the best sporting moments of the week. Plus, continue to preview round one. Call on thirteen hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text oh four five seven seven three six. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the captain's run. Make sure to call in thirteen hundred zero one eleven seventy. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six for text. But welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron mm. Smith. Time now to look back in the week of sport and break down the best moments in sport. Yes, Campy, and we do that thanks to our very good friends at Best Sheds. Best Sheds are now up to 40% cheaper. Let's go. How's your old man's shed going? Mate, it's the best shed he's ever had in his life, he reckons. Beautiful. Thank you to our great mates at Best Sheds. Righto, the three big moments from sport uh, in the last week. Number one. Best moment of the week is the fact that the NRL is back tonight. Boom. We're on. That's a gimme. That's We've a gimme. We've said it a thousand times already <laughs> in the show, but I just wanted to uh, remind everyone, if you've just tuned in, footy's back tonight. Looking forward to it. Number two, and we've mentioned this as well, uh, Sporting World coming together globally to celebrate the career and the life, more importantly, of Shane Warne. What a legend. Beautiful. Uh, bloody icon of Australian sport. Um, and the third one. Uh, segue to the cricket as well. The Australian side returned to Pakistan. 24 years, Kempi. 24 years. 24 years. Wow. And they're playing on you a were slab barely of... barely born. A slab of cricket. No, I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I was 10. I'm okay. 34. Sorry. I know I act young, like a kid. Okay. But I'm actually... How old are you? Um, I'm close to 40. Wow. 
Wow. I'm 39 this year. Are you nervous about the 40? The no. Big four oh? Nah, bring it on. You don't look a day over 39. I've looked the same. I've looked the same way for the last fifteen years. <laughs> but no, they were back. The Aussies were back. 24, 24 years ago was the last time they played a test match uh, against Pakistan in Pakistan, and we watched a lovely draw. Oh mate, I tell you what, I don't know much about cricket, but that was a tough watch. Yeah, that it was, was like it was like it was like. Um, it was like a freshly laid slab of concrete. It was just <laughs> nothing was doing. Nothing doing. Great for a batsman. Oh, my God. Uh, We've seen some runs, but zero wickets. But um, that was the top three for me this week. Best Sheds. Remember, guys, Best Sheds are up to 40% cheaper than the competition. Visit bestsheds.com.au. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Make sure to call in 1300-01-1170-0457-736-736. Now... We've got plenty more games this week. Is there any games that stand out to you, Smithy, that you're very excited? We were just talking about, obviously, the Melbourne Storm and their incredible round one record against the Tigers. Uh, Yeah, keen to see the Storm go around. Uh, Big news, Jesse Bromwich, another COVID casualty. Wow. Wow. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, Yeah, Jesse Bromwich uh, ruled out. And we spoke on the show last week, didn't we, about the impact that – COVID will have on the competition this year. Mm, yep. And, you know, not only affecting players, but coaches. So already round one, just on our doorstep, we lose two of the, of the well, two captains, Adam Reynolds Crazy. Crazy. And, uh, and Jesse Bromwich and a, coach. and a coach. Wow. Straight up in the first round. So mm. plenty, to, plenty more to come on that front. But um, look, I think Craig Bellamy will, he will have, the players' eyes spinning in the back of their head, mm. ready for this one. Surely. Given the finish to you know, 2021 and the disappointing loss in the prelim, mm. um, plus his round one record for the Melbourne Storm, yeah. trying to keep that intact. And uh, also playing against one of his uh, former assistant coaches mm. um, in, in Michael Maguire. But to be fair, West Tigers, they've got plenty to play for themselves. I think that first 20 is going to be fiery as they come. You reckon? I think it's going to be fiery. So I fisty think, cuffs? I no. Hope so. No, they can't. They're not allowed They're to. They're not allowed to. Not allowed to. You push and shove. Push and shove just to create a bit of tension. But I just think yep. that, you know, the Storm are going to be stinging from the last, you know, the last game they played. Mm-hmm. And the Tigers, when we talk about something to play for, they have absolutely something to play for. But we will see you on the other side talking about the rest of the games for this week. Mm-hmm. And make sure to call in 1300 01 1170 0457 736 736. See you on the other side. See you soon. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. We have a caller coming through named Theo from Victoria. Are you there, Theo? Yeah, mate. Hey, uh, good morning. How are you going, Theo? Yeah, not bad. Uh, Smitty, I just had a question for you. Yes, mate. I was just wondering, uh, with your time at the Storm, yep. what were your thoughts yep. on uh, grassroots rugby in Victoria? Oh, and yeah, in the state compared to how it is in Brisbane and uh, like Sydney. Yeah, well, it well, doesn't seem that strong here in Victoria. Well, the game, the game is relatively new to Victoria, right? Like, I'm not saying that it was never played in the state before the Storm uh, rolled into town, but you know, if you if you look at um, you know, the growth through that period when the Storm came in to the competition in 1998, it's been huge. Looking back when I first started my career, I I remember getting on aeroplanes when we used to uh, play interstate matches with all of our team apparel. We'd walk on the plane. Not a single person would know who the Melbourne Storm was. Not a single person. 
Wow. They'd sort of people would stop you on on your way down the aisle and say, "Oh, excuse me, mm. what 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 team are you? Are, are you guys basketballers? You know, like because there's so many tall yeah. fellas walking down the aisle of the plane. But no, 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 no. We play. Ask you, are you their accountant? Or? <laughs> are you the team manager? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's um, yeah, like from from that point, um, Theo. It's it's there's been a huge change in uh, the the popularity of the sport, the amount of um, young kids that play the sport, both boys and girls. Mm. There was hardly a junior football team when I first went down there, but now there's, there's, there's at least a dozen yeah. um, uh, junior footy sides and it's, and it's played by a big number of, of kids. Mm. And there's development um, programs through Victorian Rugby League who play in um, some of the national competitions and are very strong. Wow. Okay. Very strong. Yeah. That's interesting. I yeah. wouldn't have thought that would be – no, very strong. No, okay. I remember in in the final sort of few years of of my career down there, I think uh, we sent a couple of under eighteens, uh, Victorian um, development squads up to play some teams up here in New South Wales, and and they actually come away with victories. So, um, uh, yeah, look, there, there's some quality young uh, Victorian players getting around. Um, we were lucky enough to have a couple of um, Victorian born boys play for the Storm, represent the Storm, which mm. is great because ultimately the goal for the Storm was to have a Victorian-bred um, player play or represent the Melbourne Storm, yeah, yeah, which we're okay. lucky enough to do. So I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful down the track, Theo, that we're going to see more and more Victorian kids represent the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, because I was, I was just wondering as well, like what we're Storm kind of doing to help our Victoria. And I have seen that they do have players like uh, Dean Yeramia, Yep. I think Mahe Fanua and also like Young Tonema Young Tonema were Pierre. also Victorians coming through. Yeah, that's right. Well, they're the, they're the three um, boys that have represented the Storm who are born and bred Victorian. I actually think there's there's there might be some um, developments like in, in, in the pipeline for like a high-performance mm. um, type of uh, facility. Okay. That's going to be going in, in nice. Melbourne down the track, which will help develop um, – you know, young up and coming league players, both boys and girls, mm. uh, coming through. So that that should fast track, um, you know, a lot of the Victorian kids into you know sort of NRL systems and hopefully into a purple jersey of the Storm. Mate, Theo, thank you so much for calling, mate. Uh, hopefully, the Storm can uh, produce some more absolutely fantastic footy players. Next, we have uh, Michelle Bishop on the line, Channel Seven reporter and SEN host. Mm. We've got an update coming out of the Rabbitohs, Michelle. Yeah, good afternoon. I guess it's good news, guys. Um, we've just seen it was a bit of a, a scare because, I mean, if you can imagine silence at Redfern Oval, everyone was like, whoa, it's <laughs> at the back end of their uh, captain's run. But Blake Taft went down and he seemed to be in a fair little a bit of pain. It was kind of just a bit of an innocuous situation. Uh, looked very awkward. He sort of got himself back to the ground and the head of high performance, Travis, come rushing over. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has done something to his ankle. We're not quite sure um, about the extent just yet. But, uh, and, and in fairness to Jason Dimitri, he's literally just um, spoken to the media as coaches do at the captain's run. So he wasn't fully across it, but he seemed to think he just sort of had a quick chat on the run to Travis, the head of high performance, and mm-hmm. he said he's going to be okay. But in saying that, I did ask him, surely you've got a plan C given this situation. And it is, in fact, a plan C because uh, Latrell Mitchell is obviously the first choice fullback and he's yes. suspended, unable to play. 
So uh, Blake Taff was plan B, and now plan C said he's definitely got one. And look, the, the sides are having to be adaptable, um, and, and that's as a result of COVID. So they obviously still have to travel with those, the 24. And of course, um, Alex Johnson probably Johnson be the likely uh, player to slip there at fullback. And they've got the likes of Josh, Josh Mansour in the squad as well. So, but a huge scare uh, on the captain's run. And, and I guess mm. this is just a, uh, I guess an, an indication of just how adaptable that they're going to have to be moving forward because this could, in fact, happen with COVID. Yeah, absolutely huge scare considering how many of the players have got out. What was the, I, I know it's just a training run, but, you know, what was Ilias's, I guess, body language like looking, looking at a guy that has so much pressure on him, but also, you know, so important to the Rabbitohs playing well? Guys, I think this is a sign of the times. I mean, I'm seeing this um, more often. We, we're very similar to Blake Taft when he had all the pressure on him at the back end of last year. Very cool, calm, collected, um, you know, just... I mean, they even had, the, the I guess it's a benefit of having Latrell Mitchell, like, defending the edges there. So perfect preparation uh, for the Bunnies. He's probably, you know, one of the best in the competition. So he's been pretty much all in and around. And as you said last week, keeping everybody accountable. But no, I have no issues whatsoever that it doesn't seem to be... Only healthy nerves, I think, for Lachlan Ilias. And, and this is a sign of the times, I think, that these young boys that are coming through, they're just brimming with confidence, which is great for the game. And Michelle, big big news around Jacob Host and Latrell Mitchell, obviously, Ooh, during yeah. the week, the little push and shove. How how did they look today at training? Were they, were they, oh, all, were they, were they loved up? Were a, they... There was a bromance. Ah, <laughs> yeah. In fact, when we walked in, I see them. I seen them blow out the candles, and you know, with their little section there. No, not really. But we did. We did address that too with um with Jason Demetrio, and I, I did in fact say to him, you know, we are seeing a huge difference. Um, I don't know whether it's whether we're seeing more. Tra- we're being privy to more training sessions. But look, training is the real deal now, and people need to get that through their heads. It's it's hard. They're, they're out there. The intensity is really really important. And look, I'd be disappointed if I was a coach watching on it at any, any session where you know people just weren't didn't have the players didn't have their hearts in it and they weren't going full throttle I mean you know we've seen we, we talked about the Tavita Pangai Jr how he you know cut loose in that game against Cronulla mm. um speaking with a couple of the players it's like they felt like they'd been sort of cooped up it was you know pre-season they have to be a little tiny bit gentle um with their own teammates but Finally getting out there and just letting yourself go, that sort of stuff's going to happen. But I love it. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love it too. Thank you so much, Michelle. Really do appreciate Thanks, the news. Thanks, Michelle. And we'll head to a break. Good news for Rabbitohs fans. Anyway, keep, it, keep your fingers crossed. Thanks, Thanks Michelle. Michelle. Appreciate it. Absolute legend. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Now, make sure to call in 1300-01-1170. Ask Smitty your most pressing footy questions, or you can text 0457-736-736. But back to the footy chat we have a huge clash. Also, a clash that I'm really excited for. We've got the Dragons versus the Warriors, two mm. teams that a lot of people have finishing middle of the table. Now, Dragons, for me, are a real smoky 4-8, but Warriors aren't far behind. And what do you think about this clash, Smithy? Yeah, big game. A lot of raps um, that are coming out for the Dragons mm. over their preseason and sort of like the team that they're building um, for 2022. Big forward pack. Ooh. Big forward pack. Aaron Woods, Francis Molo, um, George Burgess. Oh, he hasn't been picked actually, but um, some big, big boys there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that have bolstered that footy side. Um, yeah, th- this is well. This is this is just a game of really who's going to play the best footy over the eighty minutes. I know that sounds very simplistic, mm. but it's two footy sides where you just sometimes you just don't know what they're going to. Toss up Absolutely. on the on the weekend, they can be rocks and diamonds. Um, although the dragons, you know, very different looking footy side this year. Mm. 
Um, oh, look, I'm, I'm happy to back them. I'm happy to back dragons, dragons? here. Yeah, I'm okay. happy to back dragons here. Um, Reese Walsh being out, obviously, through suspension. Um, Harris DeVita goes to fullback in place of that. Sean Johnson back. Yeah, good Great start. to see him back um, playing for the Warriors where it all started for him. Going to be a great influence, I believe, for that mm. footy side. Oh, massive. Now, game plan-wise, the Warriors, I have a concern that they'll struggle to find points. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm saying, boys, our forward pack is probably more explosive. Yes. Probably a bit you know, bigger even, even though Dragon's pack is big. But I would mm-hmm. say Dragon's pack is big but not as mobile. Yep. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm trying to win the game through the middle, score through the middle. If I'm the Dragons, I am basically saying, look, they may struggle to score points. So if we can just hang in this battle mm-hmm. and then use our attacking prowess with Hunt, Sloan, Amone, Lomax, uh, Suwale, uh, not Suwale, sorry. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Suli, Suli. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Moses I, Sully? Yeah, Moses Sully. That's mm-hmm. where I feel that they have the edge is in their back line, the Dragons. Yes. So if they can just withstand that really big, strong, powerful Warriors pack, mm-hmm. I think the Dragons get the job done. But I watched the trials, and I know it was a little bit understrength storm side. Mm-hmm. The Warriors forward pack, when they got a roll on, yeah. they were very hard to stop. They were good. Mm. Yeah, they were really good. Um, and they've got some older heads in that, in that forward pack as well and some really good um, ball-playing forwards. Yep. You know, you spoke about um, earlier about having some ball movement uh, for for the Penrith side tonight yep. uh, through the middle. Always creates a lot of um, decision-making for the opposition middle players. Um, and that's where you see most of the, the fatigue happen mm. in, in the game. Um, so if they can if they can ball play like they did in that trial that we've seen against the Melbourne Storm, they, they could... They could cause some issues for for the dragons, um, and and there were some a lot of positive signs from mm. in in that match. Absolutely uh, for the Warriors playing up at the sunny coast, which is you know sort of their home away from home. Um, you know, so this 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 will be a good game. Be a good game. Um, as I said, it's sort of oh, it's six one half a dozen the other, but I'm probably I'm probably going to lean towards St George. Okay, at at this stage. I just want to point out, so you've got Blake Glory and Aaron Wood starting, and you've got Bunty Afoa, Adam Fanor, Blake. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Wade Egan versus Andrew McCulloch. When I look at those three players, obviously, you know, Woods has so much experience. Yep. But I would say laterally, they're probably not as dynamic as the Warriors. I would mm-hmm. say McCulloch is probably a better defender than Wayne, but I wouldn't say he's the most explosive laterally. No. So I do think the Warriors really through that middle part, if they can – you know, obviously run hard, but run hard with a bit of footwork. Yes. Can cause them a bit of um, strife. Mm-hmm. In saying that, with guys like Laurie and Woods, those are they will grind all day long. Yep. And if the Warriors start throwing the ball around too much and making errors, yep. then the Dragons could, um, you know, cause, you know, it's actually, what's crazy, it's the betting odds are exactly the same. Exactly the same. Really? Dollar ninety each. May have changed, but the last time I checked, head to head. Oh, no, it's changed. The Warriors have... Uh, sorry, the Dragons have come in to be favourites for a dollar eighty-five, with the Warriors a dollar ninety-five. There you go. The, the bookies are agreeing with us. Oh, the bookies it's, they, it's, they know uh, what's going on. Split it down the middle. I'll, I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where this game could be won. Both interchange mm. benches. Okay, I like so it. So you think Dragons, right? At the moment, they're named um, Moses Mbai, Francis Molo, Josh Kerr, um, and Jack. Is it? Because whiskey. Because whiskey. Yeah, Jaszewski. 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 That's how we pronounce it properly. Yes. Uh, apologies, Jaszewski. Um, Sorry, Jack. Um, <laughs> and then you look on the other side, like the, the great matchups. Jazz Tavanga, one, mm. of the, one of the best utilities in the NRL. Mm. Ben Murdoch-Masilla 
Aaron Penne, former Storm player. Were and, you at the and Storm when he was there, Penne? Yep, yep, yep. He's a he's a he's a great he's a wonderful player. He's got a lot of um, great leg speed, yep. good punch into the line, very aggressive style of player. Um, and Bailey Surinan. So th- those matchups and the impact that those players have coming off the bench, mm. it could prove the difference for both teams. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're both picking dragons on this one, but not by much. Mm. I mean, it could go 50-50 core. Yeah. Um, we've spoken a little bit about the Storm, but we'll, we'll just go into a little bit of detail of how the Storm and the Tigers can get a win. Uh, the Storm, obviously, you know, round one record is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. We all know what the Storm can deliver. They'll be hurting. Uh, I think the vet, really, really interesting selection. Mm-hmm. Nick Meany at six. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Munster out um, through suspension. Mm. Um, so it, I think Cooper Johns would have been picked um, at six. I think that was the plan, but he unfortunately he's in, injured his um, AC joint um, in the last trial match against the Newcastle Knights, mm. um, where I think Jake Clifford actually got him in a tackle and he did his AC joint. So, um, yeah, Nick Meany comes in. And I think he's a he's actually quite a um, versatile type of player. Mm. And I think one of the big reasons why Craig Bellamy and the Storm recruited him um, mm. down there was because of his utility value and his ability to play in multiple positions. He could probably play nearly every position um, in the back line. In the back line. Maybe, maybe not seven. Mm. Um, I think, you know, I think you will see just – It'll be Jerome Hughes mm. calling the shots, pulling the strings, and and Nick Meany will be he'll be the one that just if he gets an opportunity to run the footy, he'll run the footy um, and work with his edges if he can put his the men on his outside, you know, with some opportunities one on one with the opposition. But um, the big in for Melbourne is Brandon Smith, massive. Where they've you know they they've used the they've used the loophole of the um, All Star game to mm. to wipe that one game suspension and him being back in the side now is is massive because if he if he wasn't they'd be going with two inexperienced nines yeah and that and that would have been um, Tyron Wishart um, would have been starting I believe at nine if if uh, Brandon was still suspended mm. and then they would have had to bring someone else off the bench who either wasn't a nine. And was just going to fill the spot, or they'd bring in another young, inexperienced, maybe debutant um, to play that role as well. But to have Brandon Smith there, who he can start, he'll probably play, you know, anywhere from twenty to thirty minutes. Yep. Tyron um, Wishart will come on, and you'll see Brandon Smith finish the game in mm. in the in the ruck like he did all of last year. Absolutely, another really interesting in, and something that had absolutely shocked me in the preseason mm-hmm. trials. So Alex Twole hadn't been named in any trials. And not only had he not been named in any trials, yes. but he was in the leadership group oh, last year. And then he'd been removed. removed from the leadership group. Yep, He's actually been named at eight to start for the Tigers. Very, very uh, interesting tactic by the Tigers to mm-hmm. essentially not play any trials with Twole. Um, was that for any particular I, reason? Not, that's like what was so surprising. Or? Well, he, he was named at number 23, I think, for the last trial. So he must have been uh, at least fit enough to play a few minutes. Okay. Uh, so that's what's really interesting, that the fact that he's going to start at eight, and I'm a massive fan of Twala. Mm-hmm. I really think that he's underappreciated at the Tigers. I think he's he's something that you can build a club around. I think yep. a lot of the other better clubs would love to have a guy like Twala. Mm. But what is it going to be interesting is, how does his motor go after not playing any trials or many many minutes in the trials? Yeah, well... Some some guys are just they they've got that natural ability to get out there and play game yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, you can and and the, the, there are players that are complete opposite. Mm. They could be 
you know, they could be the best preseason trainers, win all the preseason running um, times and, and just absolutely smash um, smash it out of the park. But then you get them into round one and gassed. They're, they're gassed mm. after, you know, 10 minutes. So I think this Blake, he's just got a natural motor, plays a lot of minutes, makes huge amounts of tackles, does a lot of work for West Tigers. Um, so I, I think you, he, it, it won't make a difference mm. in not, not playing much time in, in the trials at all. And just another smoky for, you know, a guy that may pick up a bit of Dally point, Dally end points. I think mm-hmm. that Nelson Asofa Solomona is in for the biggest year of his career. You reckon? Mate, he was so good in the trials and so scary. <laughs> I get scared talking about him. I get scared talking about him. <laughs> but he's so impressive. But how, how smart is he? How, how, like, listen, how smart is he, right? Plays the whole – this is a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, just quietly <laughs> – Plays plays that has the whole um, not getting the COVID vaccination, mm. so sits out the majority of the uh, preseason. So misses all the hard work, yeah. And then with two weeks to go before trial, says, "I found an exemption." Boom! I'm back. Just not checkers. I'm back. One of the great one of the great minds of our game to be able to do that to get out of a preseason. Work smarter, not harder, mate. And no wonder he played so good. <laughs> no wonder he played so he good. He was fresh as. He was fresh as anything. Um, so, yeah, oh, I'm really interested in this clash. Now, now the next clash mm. that we want to talk about here, yes. the Parramatta Eels Ooh. versus the Gold Coast Titans. Well, I'm going to have to back up. I was on um, I was on the show earlier in the week with Vossi, I believe. Big call. I think he even said it on, on our show. On our show, maybe. Yeah. And I've called an upset. Wow. I've oh, called okay, an upset. Because you said Titans maybe even top six, Smokey. Well, no, I, I will. Okay. I, I've got them in my top six. Okay. But I actually called a uh, uh, an upset in this in this first game. Wow. Mm. Okay. So, it, look, if you're if you if you re- realistically, you're looking at the lineups and, and on paper, you're probably saying, well, Parramatta every day of the week. Mm. But I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm just sensing something that um, Gold Coast are going to go down there and play really well. Yep. Um, and they may just, I don't know, they may surprise Parramatta in this first up game. Yeah, a bit of value there, three mm. bucks, three bucks. But we'll uh, we'll head to the news after the break. We'll continue the preview of the round. Back on to what we were talking about: Eels mm. versus Titans. Smithy is cause he's calling for an upset. Yeah. What do you think, mate? I just think the I think you're going to get much. Yeah, yeah. I knew um, you were going to get mate, me, mate. I just look. I love the Gold Coast. <laughs> I'm from the Gold Coast. Yes, but I just think the Para Eels. If there is a year for it to be their year, this has to be it. Losing Marnie, losing Papali'i. Yes. They're losing such key players that it'll take a year or two to replace them, hopefully, in in the best-case scenario. So I just feel that Parramatta Eels, they're confident from their trial matches. They looked electric. They looked explosive. Dylan Brown is looking fantastic. They've played together for a few years now. I think it's a very underrated fact that, mm. you know, the reason why, well, not the only reason, but a big reason I feel that you, you guys were so successful yeah. is you played a lot of footy together. Stability. It's, you know exactly, you know, where you're going to get on the field, when mm-hmm. certain players want the ball. And I think Parramatta Eels are getting into that place now where Reed Marnie, Mitchell Moses, yep. Clint Gutherson, and Dylan Brown have all played three years together. Yeah. So that's enough now to go, you know what, we've got enough gelling to at least attack a premiership. And if they can't win their opening round at home, that's uh, alarming. Yeah, well, it is, isn't it? And um, 36-0 against Penrith uh, in a trial, it can't be ignored. Yes. Like, pre- like preseason form isn't the be-all and end-all. I've seen a lot of teams you know, not do so well in preseason matches, mm. um, but then come out and you know put 
five consecutive wins on in, in the regular season. Yep. Um, but yeah, 36 nil against uh, Penrith is is pretty impressive. Look, they'll play well. I, I I don't know. I just I may be completely off the radar here. I just I'm just sensing there might be a little. If there's an upset mm. in round one, this could potentially be the upset. Well, I'll back you. I'll back the feeling up for you because look, look at this. This is the forward packs against each other. Mm-hmm. Regan Campbell Gillard versus uh, Moe Fodawaka. Yep. There's the matchups. That's the matchup. Yep. That's you could. That, Yep. Each person is yep. on their day better than the other player, so it's that's basically cancel that. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Reed, Marnie, Aaron Clark. I would say well, Reed, Reed is probably yes. better player. Yep. But then you've got Junior Paulo, Isaac, uh, Isaac Liu. Uh, now I think Paulo is a better player, but Liu is an experienced Premiership winning forward. Yep, more than two hundred games he brings to the Titans. So there may be little ways he can get a, a, a little win on Paulo. Mm-hmm. Sean Lane versus Fafita. Fafita actually probably has well, definitely has the edge there. Mm. And then you've got Isaiah Papali, Bo Firma, Isaiah Papali. But then you've got Tino versus Ryan Madison. I think Tino may have the edge there. Yep. So when you actually look at those packs, is there really one so much better than the other? No. And so I, I, I like I like your upset call. I like your upset. Now, on to the next game. North Queensland Cowboys versus mm. Canary Bulldogs. The final game of the round. The final game of the round. And talk about a lot riding on the game. You've got two coaches that I would probably say Barrett is under more pressure. Mm. But Peyton, you know, they're starting to get, you know, we need something. We need something. Uh, how do you see this uh, playing out? And where do you see the keys to victory are for both teams? Well, I think the key to victory for the Cowboys is that Jason Tamalolo needs to play big minutes. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah, simple as that. They've got he, he's got the players around him that can steer the team around, but he's the one that makes the difference. He's like a he's like a Tommy Turbo is to Manly, right? He he is the same to the the Cowboys. Mm. As I as I mentioned, he's got some great players in that football side around him, but when he is on the park and he's playing well, they they tend they tend to win. Yeah. They tend to win football games when he's spending 60 plus minutes on the field. Mm. And and I and I spoke about this I think in our show last week was that whenever whenever I played against Jason Taumalolo the biggest the thing about him was you couldn't wait till he left the field. Yeah. So yeah. if your opposition has that mentality about a player that you have at your disposal, why wouldn't you leave him out there? Yeah. Like you're not you're not leaving him out there ridiculous minutes and just so yep. you just burning him out, mm. but leave him out while, while, while the team's playing well and he's performing well and he's feeling good, leave him out there. Absolutely. Don't, don't worry about down the track. I, I just think that if you can't build a game plan that takes advantage of Taumalolo, like what are mm. we doing here? Mm. I, he's there. He's yes. there. He's yep. a part of the squad. He's going to be there for the next five years. So why not build around him? Yep. It, I just I don't understand the. I guess it seems it seems like they're trying to uh, build a team that isn't as reliant on Tamalolo. Yeah. But that's not the reality of the situation. Well, he, he's your he's your marquee player. Yeah. Okay. He's your marquee player. He's your highest paid player at the club. Mm. Why not build the team around him? And he has a crack. He's he's not lazy. He no. doesn't come in and out of games. It's not like he's not. He doesn't want to be out there mm. and he's shirking the work and he's upset with the amount of time he's playing. Like, mm. get him, use him up, get him out there. Absolutely. Thoughts on uh, Deed and getting the, the half spot over Drinkwater? Big call. A little bit surprised by yeah, that. Yeah. I actually thought uh, Drinky would have took that that jersey. Mm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, Dearden's a he's a good young player yeah. and he's a, he's a goer too. And mm. um, 
He's a Gold Coast boy. Played at uh, boy. Crumbin Eagles. What's interesting, actually, is that last week we spoke about, you know, drink water, probably better attacking player. So Peyton mm. has come out and said they both attacked really well in the trials. Yep but did and defended better. And I, okay. I, I don't know if you remember last week we talked about how Drinkwater had the most missed tackles of any player in the yes. comp. So it seems that Peyton was looking at essentially whoever defends better okay. gets that spot. Which is fair enough. Yeah. Which is fair enough. I, I actually don't mind that mentality as well. Mm. Um, because you know, the coach that I had for my entire career, Craig Bellamy, that was his mentality yeah, too, okay. was that if you, if you can't tackle, you won't be in the side. Mm. So that's why Storm never recruited me. <laughs> well, mate, I'll, to be fair, uh, I wasn't on the uh, recruitment um, sort of team or group, so yeah, no comment. <laughs> um, now, uh, on to the Bulldogs. Yes. The great Matthew Burden will be starting at six, mm. Avrilo at seven. You as a leader of, you know, this, the state, the country, your team, yep. what are you saying to a guy like Burton before he runs out? I, I'd just be saying to him, mate, like, just go out and play your, your, your normal game. Mm. Because he, it seems as though he's a pretty special young kid. Yeah. And he he, he understands the game. He's got great knowledge of the game. Um, he's got a lot of natural ability. Mm. Great runner of the footy. Nice passing. He's got a lot of great skills. Big kick on him as well. Massive. Nice. So that's another – that's a – you know, great weapon to have and, and a, a weapon that they will enjoy the Bulldogs. Mm. Um, I'd just be saying to him, mate, don't, don't worry about, you know, having to come up with the big plays for us, you know, having to win this game all off your own, off your, off your back. Just go out and play your natural game of footy and just drag everyone with you. Yeah. Just drag everyone with you. They'll, they'll follow. Just go play your natural game. Um, you know, feel good, feel excited about the opportunity and the challenge ahead. Mm. And um, yeah, all the boys will feed off that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like a guy like Burton, what I love about him is that, you know, some players, they just have a knack for scoring or creating attacking opportunities, mm. even when their team is struggling. And yeah. what I loved about the trials is the Bulldogs, you know, they played really poorly. But guess who scored a try and had a try assist? Yeah. Burton. Matty Burton, yeah. And so that's what I love about a guy like Burton and why he's so valuable. Some, some of the best players in the comp, if their team's not going well, mm. they just don't seem to be able to put it together. Yeah. But Burton has gone to a club that is struggling and he's still managing to get across the line. Whether it's just falling across the line or an easy try assist, it's still getting across the line. Yep. Um, and one and, of my one of my old teammates, he'll he'll have them up and about, Josh Adokar. He he's a bloke that will just you know, in the locker room or pre game, um, if the warm up's not too good, there's not much talk, he will have them up and ready. Mm. He's just got that personality that that He's very enthusiastic. He just he just oozes energy throughout the group. Mm. So um, yeah, you'd like to think that this Bulldog team they'll they'll be up and ready to go for this first game. I think the key to victory for Bulldogs is energy. Yeah, you've got a bunch of new recruits. They yes. can bring that energy. But we're going to go to the break, and after the break, we have the smartest man in the history of rugby league. <laughs> His words, not mine. Christian Welsh. <laughs> Welcome back to the captain's run, and I have allegedly the smartest man in rugby league, Christian Welsh. On the phone with me. How are you going, mate? G'day, fellas. So good to be on. How are you, Welshie? Good, Smith. Good, good to hear from you, mate. Now, we're, mate. Uh, we're on the 18th as we speak. Me and Munster are playing uh, Ryan Pappenhausen and Jonah Pezzett in this cash at stake. They're fired up. Tell we've me. A couple of good drives. We're driving down. Mate, please tell me you boys are you boys are up coming into the last, surely. Nah, we've had to press, so we, we're going to lose a bit of cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, lucky you've just re-signed, big man. 
And the captaincy. Yeah, Congratulations, yeah. actually. Congratulations, firstly. Oh, how? Uh, thanks very much. How does... Um, mate, yeah, tell just, it... just took above the minimum just because I love the club, you know. Oh, you know, they, they, wow. They, 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 they're fine, as you know. <laughs> 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 it's funny. It's funny. Uh, they can just, they're just like cattle. You can just pick them up anywhere. But anyway, that's all good. Mate, tell us, um, tell us about the, uh, the announcement of, of the co-captaincy with Jesse Bromwich and how that went about and how you felt. Funny. Oh no, they've had a Barry Crocker. Ah, Munster's been seen. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a really proud moment. Yeah, I've obviously, um, yeah, just stoked to be staying in the club, and this is my tenth year here, and yeah, very passionate about what it's about, and um, yeah, a huge honour for me. And obviously, coming through as a young front rower, I loved looking up to Jesse, and he's he's been a mentor, and you know, probably the best front rower in the last decade up there. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a real privilege to, I suppose, just support him, mate. I think he's he's our big dog, and. I think I can just help out with a few other things. Um, I could talk to a brick wall, so I'm pretty good with the media and <laughs> corporate stuff. Big J Brom just loves running over blokes on the field, I think. Mate, big fella. Now, what I like really love about this journey for you is a few years ago, you'd agree to turns with the Eels, and then obviously I think you did your knee, and the club really stepped up and I, I guess showed you a bit of love, I'd assume. And from that, uh, I guess, branch from the club and giving you the opportunity to stay – it's grown into a captaincy. Tell us a bit about the journey and, and how, I guess, happy you are to go from that space all the way to captaining one of the best sporting organisations in Australia. Yeah, it's been a um, yeah a pretty slow burn, to be honest, to, to start off with. And I, I think when you're at a, a good club with really good players who, you know, they're always really successful, it's, it's hard to get any time, any game time, I suppose. So, you know, Smithy would, would tell you, when I, I debuted in 2015, I think I was getting about maybe 12 minutes a game and I was in and out and, it's really hard, and that, that probably lasted probably three or four years. Of we had some really good ruck forwards and, and some really strong rep players. That it was just hard to get any minutes, and mm. you know, no one's to blame. But you just as a young fellow, it was really good for my development. Uh, and I suppose, yeah, that was pretty appealing thing with the Parramatta deal of of going there, and I suppose having a bit more of a significant role. Um, but you know, the way the world works, and you know, happened to do my ACL a couple of days before signing. You know, I verbally agreed, <laughs> wow. and, and so then. Yeah, it kind of. I think it worked out well for both clubs. I think Regan Campbell-Gillard, you know, then went to Para, and he's been fantastic for them. And um, and then obviously we had a good year in 2020 um, after I did that ACL. And yeah, just really, really proud to be staying at the Storm in, in purple colours. It's just such a special club, um, you know, with with really good people there. So yeah, really happy. Now, Walsh, you you lead the club out uh, solo this week with uh, Jesse being ruled out with COVID. How, how's the club? Handled that, and have you spoken about it through the preseason? Being able to adapt through this season with the potential to lose players and coaches through COVID. Yeah, I think that's just the the reality we face these days with with COVID, and mm. um, I think the clubs that handle that the best are probably going to be, you know, in the top four at the end of the year. I think um, you know it's always been a mantra at this club that next man up role, and and particularly those guys doing the apprenticeships, you know, in the Queensland Cup, you know, I, I always use Harry Grant as a great example, you know, when he went to the West Tigers and everyone, he caught everyone, I suppose, shocked, you yeah. know, the Sydney media in particular, but Smitty, me and you know, you know, he's done three or four really hardened pre-seasons of continually trying to get better and improve physically and his skill base. Um, so I think there's plenty of those guys in our squad who are going to play a really significant role. And I think, you know, you look over the last two years in COVID, I think it's, it's been the strongest squads, not necessarily the strongest 17 that have uh, had the most success because it's such a, a grueling season. And then you throw COVID in there, taking out squad members a lot of the year. It's um, 
yeah, I think it's a true representation of, I suppose, how deep your squad is. Now, you've got the Mad Dog Munster beside you. As a captain, what's the tactic going to be <laughs> to keep the Mad Dog on his leash? <laughs> well, you don't have to ask Smitty. He's probably the best at it. No, I mean, like, we've got some great personalities. I think there's a real balance there of, you know, letting guys like Brandon Smith and Munster, you know, we love them as blokes and um, they're larrikins and they bring so much to the group. So, yeah, no, I don't think we'll be too concerned. He's, he's on the straight and narrow now. He's got he's got young Jackson, he's a young kid, and... Um, yeah, he's playing a lot of golf, and I think he's just enjoying having a young family and um, staying away from the clubs and staying away from the drink. I think it's been really positive for him. Now, a couple of new faces, Walshy, at the Storm this year. Can you talk to us about how they've handled the preseason? Notoriously very, very tough uh, period of the year for the, with the Melbourne Storm. Blokes like Nick Meaney, Xavier Coates, how have they, how have they gone? Yeah, they've been awesome. They've really, really bought into the club, and, um, yeah, I think, the new additions, you know, we've probably Xavier Coates is probably the, the high profile one, but there's been a real bunch of guys. Josh King, um, you know, in the ruck, he's been awesome, fantastic. And they mm. just seem like good fellas, to be honest. So um yeah, really, really pumped with the, the new guys we've got and, and there's some young guys coming through. So yeah, really confident in the in the year ahead, even though we've had those departures of those really significant players. Um yeah, really, really confident. Now as Kempi mentioned off the top, you, you're regarded as one of the smartest, most intelligent men in, in the game. We, 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 well, you hate that, don't you? Mate, you hate that. Mate, listen, no, no, listen, listen. I, I, think, I, think, I think the big man has outsmarted you this year. We just said in the previous segment, how smart is Big, big Nelson? He, yeah. he, he, he doesn't, train, doesn't train for two and a half months, and then all of a sudden, two weeks before <laughs> the game start, I, I, I'm free to train. Yeah, yeah, I really dropped the ball there, didn't I? It was beautiful. Thought, I did a bit of boxing, did a F45. <laughs> roll on in. I finally get a six-pack and boom, let's go. <laughs> uh, it's been great having him. Great having the big nasty. We, it's, it's probably been good for me as well because you don't have to tackle him all pre-season in those wrestle sessions. So um, he, He's been good. He's in good condition. Played a really good um, last trial game, so he's going to be really important for us. Particularly the next couple of weeks, you know, with Jesse, we're not sure when we're going to get him back, and um, Tui and, and a few other boys. So yes, yeah, uh, he's a really important player for us. Now, uh, losing a guy like Josh Adakar, he is such a ball of energy and just so good in the locker room. Have you really noticed the absence of of the fox in the in the locker room? I think the yeah, we really miss him. I'll tell you what I don't miss, his shit music. In the <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mate, he's, um, oh, I miss him dearly. He's a great bloke, but, geez, my ears are very grateful. So you can cop it for one or two songs, but, geez, an hour in there. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, but, no, that, that's what I was saying. We've got some real characters, and I think that's the best thing about rugby league, where it's not a game of, you know, you, know, you can show your personality, show your character, and um, we're lucky at the storm. We've got a fair few of them. Righto, Walshy. Well, thanks for joining us, mate. I know you had a busy morning on the golf course. Hope mm. you have a couple of wins this week with uh, with the thanks, golf Phil. with the golf today and then on the weekend in your first game as captain, mate. Good luck. Thanks, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having time. Cheers, boys. Thanks, boys. All right, we'll go to a little break and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the captain's run. What an episode it's been. I would argue greatest episode of any media form in the history of mankind. But that's just my opinion. Yes. That's just my opinion. Now, we'll get our tips out of the way. Okay. Penrith versus Manly. What do you got, Smithy? Yeah, we got Manly. I got Manly tonight. No Cleary. Mm. Um, question around round one um, performances in the past for Manly, but I think they'll get the job done tonight. 
Yeah, I've got Manly as well. They've got a lot to prove. I think that they absolutely need to have a big one. Raiders, Sharks. Sharkies. I'm going Sharkies. Broncos, Rabbitohs. Uh, Rabbitohs, even though there's a late uh, injury to Blake Taff. Um, Rabbits. Broncos on the upset. And if you want value... $3.75. Wow. That's a bit of value. Get around that. Roosters, Knights. Roosters, clear cut for me. Roosters, I, yeah, I think Roosters are going to get the job. But the Knights are paying four fifty, so you never mm. know. Good value there. Warriors, Dragons. Uh, I got the Dragons, in which is a 50-50 battle, but Dragons. I'm going Dragons. Tigers, Storm. Storm. Storm, I'm going. Uh, Eels versus Titans. Upset of the round here, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Gold Coast Titans. I'm going the Eels, and we've got Cowboys, Bulldogs. Uh yeah, could be a battle of possible wooden spooners. I'm going to go the cows. I'm going to go the cows as well. Make sure to download the SCN app. Go to Spotify and Apple, the captain's run, and listen to us later, and we'll see you next week. The footy's back.